You know what's really funny about me is when I'm in a bad mood, I write the happiest sounding music. Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, Guitar Geeks. This is Dan. Hi, everybody. This is Andy. Hi, it's Yvette. And welcome to the Guitar Stories Podcast, episode eight. Yeah, we've made it past number seven, which, as we discussed last week, is the one that everybody stops at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, usually we start off with uh, new guitar days. Did any, any one of you two had like a new guitar day lately? Uh, what's lately? <laughs> I have one coming in about two days. It's currently lost in the post. Yeah, does why that, not? Does that count? Um, a guy, I live in Austria, if you don't know, and a guy in Vienna has built a guitar for me out of skateboards. What? Like old repurposed Out of old decks? boards. Yeah, old decks. Uh, so the neck, neck is made out of, I'm not sure of the body, but the neck is certainly made out of old decks. And it looks wow. insane. It's That's awesome. awesome. I hope that the rough part is not on the side where you hold, where you actually ah, hold the back. I just cringed imagining that. Oh, can you imagine sliding on that? Oh. Uh, this episode. Palm rush. What what type of wood are, is skateboard deck made from? I'm I'm trying to think of how how resonant it is. I don't know. Someone someone listening to this is currently screaming at us again, which they do. Often. <laughs> <laughs> it's balsa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. That's I mean, an interesting, interesting question. Yeah. I thought I had access to the going there. <laughs> <laughs> How resonant is the wood? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, we're, we're the geek podcast, so this is a yeah. totally legit question. <laughs> oh, apparently, it's from hard maple wood. Maple? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Nice. Thanks, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, well congrats yeah congrats. it looks awesome i'm very happy about it it's uh sadly lost in the post at the moment so we're a bit worried but um hopefully next week i'll be saying wow this guitar is awesome <laughs> that's i always wonder like what happens if i don't know like something just gets lost forever i've never had that happen knock on wood but Knock on Tonewood. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you're, you're fitting in right at home here, Yvette. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, I'm a dad. Like <laughs> I'll make I'll probably make some dad jokes. <laughs> oh man. What about you, Yvette? Any new guitars? Um, I mean the only new new guitar I have is probably my signature that I took home with me. Just like the, I guess it's like the proto of it, but um, yeah, I've been playing it. It's a bit different from the other Talmans that I have, but uh, it's nice. It's 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 like a, I think um, my other Talmans are the prestige level, and this one's just the premium. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of fun spotting the differences and like feeling them as well when I play. But that's you know, it's been fun like covering it with stickers and trying to do videos with it yeah yeah <laughs> we've been we've been geeking around already about your video the Abinus video oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wanted to do something a bit different than like everyone else and just have fun 
make something kind of goofy and entertaining because I guess that's just in everything I do I just want to be a clown <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, it was real so good talking, right? so good yeah <laughs> Thank you. I saw. We, uh, I think you posted some oh. stuff of the behind the scenes as you were shooting it, and I was really intrigued, like seeing you in this this mad scientist's jacket and and thinking, what is she doing? <laughs> and then seeing the result was was even more rewarding than I expected. It was it was truly awesome. I loved the way you transitioned from goofing around into okay, here's the promotional bit, here's the specs and and the actual guitar geeky stuff, but then you managed, you know, you kept it light and and funny rather than something dry and. Humorous. yeah because as like a as a youtube video viewer as well like i know that people's attention spans are pretty short and people will tap out if it's just too sterile of a delivery or just too dry and like i guess i, I used to be a teacher so i always i knew that kids would just not pay attention if it's just like these are the facts so I'd have to just trick them into listening to me. <laughs> being, being a teacher is just getting really good at manipulating people. <laughs> manipulating children. Whoa. <laughs> I'm also an ex-teacher, and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what did you teach? Music. Ah, oh, nice. Well, uh, music and uh, performance and using music as a, a therapy. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I did the, the visual art equivalent of that. So I, I like was teaching kids how to kind of like, you know, use visual art, painting and drawing as an outlet. It's important. So is. And it's, I'm so glad that I did it. And I, I learn and I, I still learn from that thing that I learn and taught every day. Like, yeah, like I'm going to get really sad now. Okay. This is a positive okay. podcast, but sometimes as musicians, you think, oh god this sucks you know there are some things that we have to do yeah and then you realize hang on a minute i've got a guitar in my hands and this is the best thing ever but you just yeah. need that little switch and um that that reminds me of those kids back then and, and uh how, how a child would come in or a teenager would come in and be absolutely miserable and angry and emotional and then suddenly sit at a drum kit or a bass guitar or something and thrash the hell out of it and then suddenly this emotion will be expressed. You're like, yes, more anger, more more emotion. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, to connect to that, the whole reason I took up guitar in the first place was because I was that kid, you know, like, I was uh, I was really sick and I, I had to live in a hospital for a while. And guitar was basically what I used during that time to just, like, keep motivated. And it became such a valuable outlet for me. Um, made me feel like I had control like a voice um and yeah I mean it, it kind of gave me like a lot of really great coping mechanisms for a lot of things that I was going through at the time and nowadays like I can't tell you how many times where I was having like the worst time or something really bad happened and I just feel like super depressed and then I sit down at the piano or I, I pick up a guitar and just like playing a little bit all of a sudden I just feel like the clouds clearing in my soul so cheesy but like you know like it feels like the sun comes out <laughs> how about you, Dan? you are you also that kind of um do you get yourself out of a funk with, by playing music or oh yeah big time big time yeah guitar for me is the the, the, the number one outlet whenever i'm either depressed or in a bad mood mm. it just it lifts you up immediately there's like i mean i'm, I'm a horrible painter and i can barely draw so music <laughs> 
so from from the artistic sphere, uh, music is basically the sole uh, place where I can go. But uh, yeah, for me, absolutely number one, no question about that. But you, it's, I find it interesting that uh, it, it really depends what kind of songs and music I play, whether I'm in a good mood or a bad mood. Mm. Yeah. You know, what's really funny about me is when I'm in a bad mood, like super depressed, low, I write the happiest sounding music. <laughs> and I don't know what that is. It's just like I remember some of the uh, songs off our album that it's not out yet, but like all of the really happy, uplifting ones that sound like you're just like coasting along the ocean or something in, in a convertible under the sun like the, those those ones I wrote like crying <laughs> like I was oh, so no. sad but it's funny because you can't hear my tears like you just hear <laughs> I think I'm like I want to write the music that I want to feel like it's like a way to like manipulate myself into like feeling better if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah yeah can, can you write a piece called you can't hear my tears Please. Yes, one hundred percent. That's my solo album coming out <laughs> next year. You can't hear my tears. <laughs> Stay tuned. Smash that like button. Subscribe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, well. Do, do you guys ever? Um, do you guys ever? Like we were talking about how when we play guitar, it just kind of improves our mood. Do you guys ever have days where you hate yourself because everything you write sounds stupid, and it kind of puts in a bad because I also have those days. <laughs> I've just had a day where I'm extremely pleased with my playing. And this is the first day in <laughs> a long time. Like I'm very, very self-critical because I, I, I can't help but compare myself to others, even though I know and I have taught others not to do that. It's a, it's a totally fruitless um, endeavor, but I can't help it. You know, it, it's it's part of me like oh that's not as good as him or her and she's doing that and I'm not doing this rubbish and uh, <laughs> today I had a really good day so yes I do but today is not one of those days that's awesome <laughs> I'm really happy for you thanks I'm, I'm hoping tomorrow will be the same keep it up and yeah. uh, if I can if I can say thank you to one guitar in particular without mentioning it but as we can see each other I'll show you which guitar it is <laughs> I know what he's going for. <laughs> this one. Wow. Is that a semi hollow? Full hollow yep. body? Semi, semi hollow. AA sixty three. We're not supposed to say what it is. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Because Dan gets Dan gets uh, penalized every time we talk about Ivanes. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, don't you work for us? <laughs> That'd be twisted. <laughs> it's just a, a fun game that I like to play. Ah, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> it just measure, measures the time span. Um, does it, it, it takes me until I mention Ibanez first in the podcast, which can vary between 26 seconds and 40 minutes. 26? Oh. You very rare. You went it once with that 26 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you, know well, the, you know the meme with the guy who's like, that? That's how Dan looks after about 10 minutes of not mentioning Ibanez. <laughs> oh, like just congested? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must say the I word. No, that's the thing. If you not just work for the company, if you really like the guitars and you grew up with it, it's it's part of you. And it's also why it's so uplifting. Yeah. To me, like picking up one of my go-to Ibanez guitars is probably one of the reasons why I'm so uh, like positive. And, and, you know, it, it gets me all those memories back. Uh, from my childhood, from playing with other people, 
So it's not just a piece of wood and it's not just a moment. It's also all the memories and all the history that went into the instrument. That's beautiful. I, it's, I mean, good. it's awesome work, working for a company that you actually like really are passionate about because then it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and same, same goes for your Tom. And that's probably like the video, the mad scientist video will always, you know, stick to that guitar and will always be part of the, of the story of the guitar. And that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I just want, because the color already, it's like you can tell it's not like a, I don't mean this in a, in a, in a um, derogative way, like, but it's not like a serious guitar. It's not like, you know, the kind of guitar that like a blues dad will just have hanging up on his wall to show people who come to his house. Like yeah. it's a guitar that you're meant to just like play a lot and it looks fun. So I wanted a video that kind of just matches that attitude. <laughs> Yeah. I love the sound, the, the bubbling sounds in the video, because that's, to, to me, when I see your guitar, which if you haven't seen it, dear listeners, it's like a toxic sparkle green, like the sort yeah. of thing that would come out of your body <laughs> if you were super ill. And that bubbling, that bubbling noise just fits the guitar perfectly. It's like um, there's, there's a, a comic book called The Toxic Crusader, and it would be like, it's sort of that kind of motif. Have you guys seen that movie Flubber? Yes. Yeah, it's like Flubber Green. Yeah. <laughs> sparkle. But with sparkles. Rolled sparkle, sparkles. Sparkle, Yeah. Do you it's think lovely. there will ever be um, another color? Ooh. I mean, oh, yes. Oh, would, it's a high would, likelihood. Would you, would you want to? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've got a bunch of ideas in mind. Um, I got, I've got this tangerine sparkle one. Um, everyone calls it the dog ash guitar because I did a premier guitar rig rundown and I made a bad joke. Sometimes I don't think about what I'm saying <laughs> and then it gets recorded and put online forever. <laughs> and I made a joke that I put my dog's ashes in the guitar, uh, <laughs> on, on YouTube. And now everyone calls it the dog ash orange guitar. So I think I might just release it as the... YY dog ash guitar. <laughs> Perfect. I don't, I, for, for the record, I, I never had a dog. And uh, if I had a dog and it died, I don't, I don't know if I'd put the ashes in a guitar. For all those um, animal rights people listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's many animal rights activists listen to this podcast. The, the Venn diagram of crossover is, is insane. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, what would be the intersection of animal rights activists and guitar geeks? I just, I'm just curious on that statistic. I don't know, but I, I don't know. Let us know if you're listening and, and you, you, yeah. you love furry things and, and also things with strings on. Yeah. Well, maybe Billy Gibbons. I, I was about to say, it can't be the very same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well, so we've gone so far on that tangent now that I can't come back so I'm going to have to sit out for a moment and just think about that while you two carry on Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm off I've gone into that world and I can't find a way back <laughs> that's probably the right time to introduce our guest for today because uh, we're quite a few minutes already in the podcast and we haven't really, we haven't really properly introduced Yvette. So, dear listener, dear audience, um, our guest for today is the wonderful Yvette Young, Ibanez artist. Hi. 
musician, uh, talented painter and multi-talent in so many ways. Thanks so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm sure there are yeah. many people listening thinking, who is that Yvette woman that's talking right now? Who is it? <laughs> she hates dogs. She hates dogs. <laughs> She's got some kind of green Ibanez signature. Who could that be? <laughs> yeah, welcome. So you're currently in the USA, is that correct? Correct. Where are, uh, you? Where are you right now? Like, not specifically, I but... I was going to say uh, uh, sunny California, but it's not very sunny as I look out the window currently. It's quite bleak. But, you know, weird times, right? <laughs> Hella weird. Hella. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> is it um, like you were due to be coming over to Europe uh, around about now or, or maybe you would have been here around about now. Is that correct? Yeah, we were scheduled to go to Frankfurt for Music Miss. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's good that it got called off because better safe than sorry. Um, I was really looking forward to it. I, I love Germany, really. Like I've I've been to Berlin and I've been to... Uh, I forgot the name of the town, but it's where, you know, that piano company, C. Beckstein, Beckstein, um, mm -hmm. there's a, we were, I, I was with my dad at the factory there and it was like such a beautiful little countryside town. Um, but I was looking forward to going back and visiting, I suppose, uh, you know, another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back so you can go to, uh, um, where is it? Frankfurt. Yeah. Frankfurt. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I just want to live there for a bit. I don't know. <laughs> I need a change of scenery. I think you oh. you would fit, and Berlin would fit you absolutely. Yeah. That's one of my favorite cities in the world, and I think that um, having known you a little tiny bit, um, you'd you'd certainly find Berlin interesting. I, I just remember the last time I was there, I just um, met up with a bunch of online friends that I, I didn't, I've never like seen in real life before, which now in hindsight was very dangerous because I was by myself and they could have totally been like serial killer, crazy murderer people. <laughs> but, you know, I trust, trust Germans. <laughs> and uh, I had the time of my life, like I went to this house show thing. It was like a big music gathering and it was like a hardcore show and i just remember hearing dudes like screaming in german playing breakdowns and i was just like what am i doing like i don't know what these people are saying i don't know anyone here but here i am just at this hardcore german show <laughs> like sick <laughs> those are the best times man those are the times we live for yeah just, that's, you that's, never know no that's living that is I love those times when you when you just go and, and say, okay, this is this is where I am right now in this moment. Everything I've done in my life has brought me to this moment right now, and um, and it's awesome. Yeah, you can't. Those those experiences are priceless. Yeah. Actually, now now I'm extremely envious and and itching to go and do that. <laughs> well, when the world opens up again, hopefully well, soon. I have a way of dealing with that actually with this quarantine thing. I slept with my feet where my head should be and my head where my feet should be. That's oh, wow. A, that's a whole different Hardcore. world. Man. Yeah. You're out of control. I know. I know. I mean, wow. I, I don't like to show off too much, but I'm calling the police. That's living. <laughs> Actually, Hamburg is a very nice city to be in. Have you been to Hamburg before? I haven't. You know, I've never done a European tour, but I was like, I, I'd be 
so excited to do that. I think we had one like kind of planned, but then this whole, you know, world pandemic thing kind of shook that up. Um, so hopefully one day I can still do that Europe tour. I, I don't know. I just really love, uh, traveling abroad, <laughs> experiencing a different culture. I feel like I always learn so much from those kinds of experiences. So yeah, maybe yeah. one day. Yeah. Well, it's one of the perks being an artist to get to see a lot of cool places, right? Oh yeah. And I don't know, like sometimes I, I ask myself, like, what I, do I want to stay in the U S like what I even like want to move to Europe for a little bit or move to, I don't know, Australia, <laughs> super <laughs> random. I don't know if I want to like live here forever. Mm. It's kind of nice. Just like, um, living in different places for a little bit to like feel inspired. I don't know if you guys ever change up your environment to, to kind of feel more inspiration, but I have this like weird fantasy of going to Iceland and just shutting myself in an Airbnb with an upright piano and just writing <laughs> an album for like a month. Like that's the kind of weird shit that like <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> if I had a lot of money, I probably could do that, but you know. Well, I hope the, the upcoming album goes well so that you can do that. Oh, yeah. You think I'm going to make money from an album? <laughs> like, <laughs> good one. <laughs> All right. I retract that. I hope that it brings you luck so that somehow someone hears it who lives in Iceland, who runs an Airbnb and says, hey, I like this. They should come and live with us for a little bit. That'd be amazing. I do have some fans there who, who I think would be down. But also, like, I just I'm weird and I never want to impose and be a burden. Like, I feel like I would just be really annoying. It'd be like 4 a.m. and be like, can you stop playing piano? Like, <laughs> we're trying to sleep. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. I, I can totally see you there. Yeah. 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 Just, just you know, I melancholic. Big jacket with fur on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> black and white video, of course. All my favorite composers are, are from there for some reason. I don't know. Something must be in the water. Hmm. Isn't it something to do with the amount of sunlight they have? Maybe. Um, it's, it's quite uh, cloudy there all the time, right? It's kind of more somber. Yeah, that's... Mm. I'm totally uneducated in that area, but I'm taking that as a as an uneducated guess. I've collected information from somewhere. Hmm. That's that's Andy's version in his head. Maybe that has to go to Sweden. You know, all the big pop acts they come from Sweden, so you make money there if you write music. Oh, yeah. Abba. I would love to visit Sweden. I, I just think like Scandinavia in general is like fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. All this talk of travel is like a massive blue ball right now. Because we can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we just, I don't know, are we just injuring ourselves and, and because we can't? Is it the more yeah. you can't have something, the more you want it? Yeah. Yes, reverse. It's absolutely like that. Because like my normal life is just like, you know, I stay in, I don't hang out with friends. Like I'll hang out with friends to like eat a meal, but then I'll be like, I have to go home and work. And then, you know, I'll do that. I'm kind of like a shut in recluse idiot loser. But, um, you know, now that we have to do that, I'm just like, I want to hang out. I want to like go outside, <laughs> totally rebelling, <laughs> but I've been, I've been good. I've been staying in and, you know, just working on music and 
watching Tiger King and other <laughs> things on Netflix. <laughs> Dan, have you watched Tiger King? Not at all. <laughs> is that Andy good looks, or is that bad? Tell me. I, I can't read his emotions right now. He's like having a breakdown. Like, are you okay? <laughs> I feel so much pressure to watch Tiger King. It's unbelievable. Oh, none of you have seen it. No, I, I, I know it exists. I have Netflix. I have a short amount of time in between the time I go to sleep and wake up again where you know I, I could sleep or I could watch a program about Tiger King. And I've only ever seen his music video, which was oh, insane. Brilliant, right? Uh, the so production. I, I'm, I'm hooked, absolutely hooked. Um, I will say that prepare for an emotional roller coaster because it starts out like kind of normal. You're like, okay, like what's the big deal? This guy's a little flamboyant and he likes tigers. Like, cool. And then you're like, holy shit, by like episode two. So <laughs> buckle in. Okay, then, wild ride. Can, I ask, can I ask you, can you choose between Tiger King and Game of Thrones? Like, Okay, you know what? I actually made this exact comparison while I was watching Tiger King. Tiger King is like if Game of Thrones took place in a wildlife sanctuary. <laughs> I'm in. I am so in. Right. Yeah. Cool. So and, and instead of like, like um, medieval looking people, like it's just like, like... Very swag red rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I have a worry that that's going to infect fashion sense in the next few months. Oh, I'm already down. I'm already, you know, piercing everything in my body after this. <laughs> this after watching it, <laughs> I'm thinking of getting a, a tribal tat on my lower back and just yes. like. Yeah, ironically, right. Yeah, uh, he. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. No, I don't. actually quite admire my. I quite admire uh, the the main guy's fashion sense. I think there's something beautiful about someone who just like is un unapologetically them and just like does not care what anyone else thinks and just wears whatever they want. Hell I mean, yes. I, I respect that kind of attitude in like anything, not just fashion. Like even in like music or like art, just like people who are just. Fuck the rest of the world. I'm just going to, this is how I am. <laughs> I am so envious of those people. And yeah. <laughs> and and so, some days I do have a bit of that, but it's, it's too much uh, overthinking going on underneath the surface of me, like emotionless on the surface. But I would love to to rock some. Well, saying that, I've got this stupidly big hair that um, people comment on all the time. It's cool. I, yeah, that feels like therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. I think you should own it. I think uh, I absolutely whatever am. you've been, whatever you you've been wanting to wear and do, you should. After this call, I think you should just go do it. Why is it unless unless it's the like first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> you should. You could pull that off. <laughs> I think you totally could. I'm thinking Robin Williams from Mork and Mindy. Oh, I've never seen. Ah, it's it's rocking dungarees and a striped tight seventies t-shirt. It's it's awesome. I back it. I mean, now is the time to do it, right? No one's gonna see you. You're alone. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of have a YouTube channel where I make videos every day. So <laughs> yeah, oh. they do. <laughs> okay, and, well, and on the other hand, other people have made a career out of wearing like ugly sweaters. 
Some people have. You're right. You're right. Some people yeah. would say that without those ugly sweaters, there's no actual content going on underneath it. But uh, yeah, yeah. But that would be you know, mean. If someone <laughs> watching your show is going to judge you just for wearing dungarees, then then maybe that's not a person you want watching your show anyway, because that sounds judgmental and close-minded. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to write that when someone says, look at your stupid dungarees. I said, Yvette said it was good. Oh, I'll go on. I'll hop on and I'll, I'll call that. I'll call them out. Help, Yvette, help. They're picking all my dungs. <laughs> I actually, I love that. I love like, sometimes I imagine like, you know, YouTube is just like a cesspool of awful comments. Like, and I, I just, in general, I don't read them, but sometimes people like screenshot really bad ones and send them to me. And I love like imagining what I wish I could say, but the, and I type it out, but then I just don't send it. I allow myself yeah. one per month. Like I do, really? I deal with a lot of this stuff. It's some, yeah, uh, it's horrible competitiveness in the guitar world when when it shouldn't be. It's just everyone having fun. But then you get somebody yeah. who's I don't know, maybe not having a good day, and they might write down, "Well, yeah, your A minor chord wasn't exactly fingered correctly there," or mm, "You gosh. look you look like Napoleon Dynamite. Why are you doing guitar video?" <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. I think that's cool. But everybody that, that you... says that, like, huh, I'm the first person to say this. Yeah. And uh, some, I, I allow myself one um, thing that I really want to say per month. And mine happened two days ago where I told them to suck my thing. <laughs> Bellend. <laughs> Bellend. <laughs> Haven't Bellend. heard that word in ages. Knob. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, Britain. Yeah, that, that's a, that's, you have a lot of self-control. Um, I know I'm always fascinated when people end up leaving like a, like a pa like paragraphs and paragraphs of of just something that's like very negative because I'm just like that took a lot of organization and thought and time to like I do. Love <laughs> I love it. It's, and you it's... see people arguing with each other like paragraphs and paragraphs over oh. something as like dumb as like a fretting position. I'm just like okay. <laughs> I like putting away time. like false facts or. Like I, I use a few amps that are solid state amps and I turn them on and pretend to wait for the tubes to warm up and that mm -hmm. infuriates some people. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just turn the katana on and wait for the tubes to warm up. Did he save tubes? There's got no tubes in it. Oh my gosh. But you, I love it. At this point, you're probably doing it passive aggressively just to like continue giving them aneurysms. <laughs> <laughs> I think bottom line, and this goes for everything I do. If I'm having fun, then the people watching might be having fun as well. And, yeah, um, that's my whole philosophy. Yeah, that's my goal. Right? Um, I remember people people made so many comments about me not being plugged in for a playthrough where I'm like, you know, um, it, like even the US music video that we released, it's us shooting each other with lasers and fire in a junkyard hopping around. There's no way I could have plugged in. Like I'm literally <laughs> jumping off of cars and like doing like flips and shit. Like how can I plug into an amp? Like, <laughs> so for the premise of the video, we were just like, all right, just suspend disbelief, please. And just, you know, have fun. And people were like, she's not even plugged in. She can't play. And we're just like, <laughs> I remember just getting so many of that kind of dumb comment. And so I released a playthrough a while back. That was me pretending to plug in. I made like an, a Vox amp out of snow. And I like <laughs> made like, I, I like did, uh, what is it called? Like folly where it's like, I like flick, I had a twig and I like, it sounded like a tube amp warming up. And then I like 
crank the knobs and I like played out of this snow amp just to be like, you guys like lighten up. Like <laughs> it's a music video, <laughs> like chill. <laughs> That's a nice idea. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure that comes with um, being like, I don't know, just like someone who's a YouTube personality. I can imagine like just having to deal with, you know, people leaving their opinions all the time and trying to tell you what they want to do. And just, I don't know, you have a huge audience of people watching you. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, it's about entertaining people and not about arguing page after page after page. So. Yeah. Unless that's entertaining. Yeah. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Small caveat, unless that's fun. My favorite thing to say to someone who leaves like paragraphs upon paragraphs of their opinion is just like, you're wrong, period. That will be the episode title. I'll, I'm just making a note right now. You're wrong, period. period. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nothing to back it up, nothing to like argue back. Just you're wrong, period. Uh, lovely lovely so use that one in the future andy if you get like a hater and you, you can add approved by yvette young yeah i'll just i'll like it Stamped. yeah well <laughs> i'm lucky enough to to have a I'm, it sounds rather negative but i'm i'm lucky enough to have a very nice group of people that uh, subscribe to my channel and generally speaking we're talking like 99 percent of people are absolutely lovely and i'm very Aww. lucky and there's some some real like online people that were now kind of friends, you know, close, um, yeah. on in the online world, and they're great people, and um, they always outweigh the the negative stuff. It's 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 fun to joke about trolls and stuff, but I, I just want to put in that most people that I interact with online are actually really nice people, and yeah, I wouldn't do it otherwise. If it was too much um, negativity, then I'd move on and do something that was fun. Yeah, of course. I think like, you know, majority of my, I don't really read my comment section all that often, but from what I've seen, like people are very effusive and supportive. Um, I think just being a girl, <laughs> I don't know, like inevitably you get some people just being an asshole in the comment section <laughs> sometimes, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it when people write, sorry we're staying on this for a long time, but uh, <laughs> I like it when people write in the comments, he or she, when they're referring to you that's in the video, because they're like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And I think they do, they do that more with women than they do with males. Like, oh, yeah. Like she, sure. because she's not able to read a, a comment or she's, she's not in charge of her social media or anything like that. So, yeah. But I, I find I that really super weird. There's been a few times where people will say something kind of like disrespectful and I will say something and they're like, oh, I had, I had no idea that you would uh, see that. Uh, that's not what I meant. I actually meant, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> this is backtrack. And then you get, then you get a DM. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy, do you do you regularly check comments on the under the videos? Every day, every minute, every second. Uh, no, right. I, I check every day, um, mainly because to grow a YouTube channel, you have to and to do anything in a in a creative way, you have to interact with the people who are interacting with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, in fact, I watched a, a video by some some guy who was advising YouTubers, and he's he's got a quite a small channel himself. 
but he's really funny. And um, he was talking about how you have a relationship with your fans, or I hate the word fans, but you're the people who digest what you do, whatever it is that you do. You're kind of in a relationship, and and you know you get to choose like how far that relationship goes, but also. You kind of have to be attentive, but not annoying. You don't have to nag them or suddenly surprise them with something that uh, is unexpected. And it, it kind of opened my eyes to the level of dedication that some fans have, and not particularly mine, uh, but I mean for musicians and stuff, where if I think back to, to my bands that really inspired me and Nirvana being number one, I would have done anything that those people would have asked me to do. and. It's insane the level of fandom that exists, which maybe is diluted these days a bit. I don't know, but I had a, such a strong feeling for for Nirvana more so than my own family at some points. <laughs> I hope your mom's not listening. <laughs> Actually, she does listen. Oh, and, um, <laughs> hi, mom, and um, she understands. She knows that uh, you know Nirvana gave me something that that changed my world. But oh. she gave me my world, so you know. Oh, mommy. No. <laughs> Greetings yeah. to Mrs. Ferris. Hey, mom. <laughs> you got a lovely son. I think, um, with that being said, that it makes it even more important to, to I don't know if you have that sort of following or platform. Um, this is something I think about all the time, but like, you have to be like really responsible with it because people, a lot of people are modeling their entire careers after you. A lot of people are like literally asking for advice all the time. A lot of people like they're just watching your every move. And I don't know, just, um, I'm not even saying this is me. I just imagine anyone who is in a position to be like some kind of role model. Like it's really important to be really deliberate about what you put out there online and really careful about every interaction you have. Um, you know, I remember when I first made my Instagram and stuff, like I posted a lot of just like my dumb thoughts and like I still post my dumb thoughts all the time. Um, I'm like shit posting all the time, actually. But like, you know, sometimes things that, you know, I think are funny, maybe like I don't think are appropriate for like someone who's younger. These are just like random things I have to think about all the time now when I when I make something. Um, I'm always trying to think like, is this setting a good example? I don't know if that's something that you experience with your channels or anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I like, I think, is that um, for me and for everybody, I guess, that Instagram and, and YouTube and everything is, is a promotional tool on a certain level. Yeah. But, but by keeping it authentic and by keeping it keeping it real and um, like... <laughs> For some, sometimes I, I, I have weird, strange thoughts and I find weird, strange things funny and I would post it and then I stopped posting this stuff for a while thinking well, that's not helping me forward my career. And then I thought, well, hang on, as you just said earlier, Yvette, like those are the people that find that funny. Those are the people I want to hang out with, you know, mm -hmm. virtually. So, so yes, I, I, I think you should be or one should be hit my mic then. One should be posting that because um. it, I don't know, it breeds oh. who you are. Sorry, I'm yeah. blathering. Oh, oh, no, I actually, I super back that. I'm, I've been really fascinated, actually, just like, I don't know, experimenting with how I treat the content I post because, like, you know, I feel like maybe, 
a couple of years ago, I would be too shy to like do something a little different or do something kind of goofy and, and, uh, you know, uh, polarizing, I suppose, but Mm -hmm. more and more I'm realizing that like, I don't know for me being an, being an artist, being someone who puts out music and puts a a bit of myself out there for everyone to, to judge and consume, like it's kind of easy to get, um, preoccupied with like what everyone else wants and then in the process kind of lose your own artistic identity maybe like I can imagine that if I started making things that everyone wanted me to make I would just lose my passion for it because I feel like a slave or something so mm-hmm. I've been kind of fascinated with like what's a good compromise how can I uh, you know still really authentically be myself but also not like alienate certain people. And at the end of the day, I realized that like, I feel like as an artist, you actually have a lot of control um, as to like who your fan base is. Because if you were just like true to yourself and you just put out things that you back and you're confident about, then I think like, I don't know, naturally, there's so much art to consume. There's so much music out there. Like you can, this is like, I don't know. It's like oversaturated almost. So if for those people who don't necessarily like what you're doing, they can go listen to like something else. And then you're left with a really little group of people who, who back everything you do. Um, Cause they're like, I don't know. They're, they're with you on your journey, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you heard of the 1000 fans theory? No. Where an artist can survive uh with 1000 fans but those 1000 fans are as you just said true true fans and back whatever you do and if yeah. you if you think about that and you have a thousand people that follow everything you do and love what you do and are totally dedicated to to your art and they spend a hundred bucks a year that's a hundred thousand dollars and that's, that's enough, crazy that's more than enough money to live one's life and continue to be an artist now I'm wondering where did my one th- one hundred thousand dollars go? It's insane, isn't it? I think the fan base Andy's talking about is like the, the ones that unconditionally love and adore you and are like behind everything that you do. So it's it's kind of it takes some time to build up that fan base with that depth and yeah. Uh, also, I think yeah. from uh, from an artist standpoint, to me, I always find it pretty important as an artist to you know, be aware of the fact that you have a voice and use that voice. So mm-hmm. it's as soon as you're in the stage light, you have some responsibility also to articulate yourself and to, you know, educate people and to stand uh, for for certain things and, and to have an opinion about things and um, to really not be that kind of flat, flat media character, basically, but re- being a, a human being that has like beliefs and 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 has some opinions and and they are behind it and they they discuss about it and they make people think about certain points. Yeah. Uh, you know. And, and I, yeah. I think like even even like beyond speaking, it's like I think what really impacts people is just like sh- you even just showing with like your actions. Like there's certain things that like you know I I feel like I I really back, but talking about it is awkward. So. I feel like in everything I do, like those values, I just want to show people like, you know, being authentic. That's something that's like, it's difficult to, to, to kind of be like, just be real, be you, be authentic. So it's like even more important than like telling people that, um, as an artist, I feel like 
I can just like demonstrate that by doing weird off the cuff things that maybe other people wouldn't want to do. But I'm like, this is just what I like to do. And this is how, this is like the kind of industry I want to survive in <laughs> one that where we can have fun and like, you know, experiment with different things. Like even like releasing my signature guitar, like maybe, you know, at first I was like, Oh, a lot of people are going to hate this sticker idea because like, um, a lot of people kind of view their guitars as like cherished instruments that can't be scratched and you, you know you got to polish it every day and like sleep next to it at night and like stroke it like like I don't know a romantic partner or something but I'm just like I don't know I kind of want to encourage people to just like be to experiment with like customizing their their gear and like have fun trying to find like I don't know an identity try to be like try to think about what it means to be like an individual I know it's kind of cheesy but those are all things that values that like I, I would want to embody that I hope that I can like translate to whoever is watching and encourage them to experiment with that as well as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, like 15 years ago, Ivan has had a very similar campaign where they had sticker sheets that they provide in magazines and mm -hmm. you were supposed to customize your guitar. So that was kind of in this spirit. And I really liked the idea. I didn't know that. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> I know Didario has this um, has guitar tattoos mm. like they're kind of funny, but then they're all like they're all like skulls and like like flames and yeah. like just super hyper masculine like bad boy rocker rock and roll tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. Flaming dice. <laughs> yeah, the motives that you that you chose for the guitar are those actually like just pa your paintings or do they resemble some some tattoos that you actually have on your skin somewhere um <laughs> i uh i i i feel like i just a lot of the tattoos i have i actually like designed myself um <laughs> but uh the ones that i decided to release for the guitar it's just like random doodles that I've done or like it was, it was difficult trying to think like how can I make it genderless like because if I have too many flowers I really like drawing flowers but I feel like that would alien a lot of metal dudes who are like flowers that's not hard you know like so <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think of things that I could draw that were kind of like genderless and like that everyone would like this would have like mass appeal mm -hmm. I like the stickers I love the sticker idea I'm not a a guitar is a precious kind of person. I used to be, and it was mm -hmm. more a case when uh, I'm lucky enough to have a guitar collection now. And yeah, see. When I had just the one, you know, <laughs> it was like I've got to look after this because if it breaks and I didn't know how to fix it back then, then I then I am screwed. I am totally without guitar, and I can't imagine a world without guitar. Yeah. And then now that guitar is still with me, and it's it's not even on a stand. It's just thrown in the corner. Uh, it's a Fender Telecaster from the 90s, and it's just in the corner by a workbench, and I regularly drop screwdrivers on it because they sort of just fall over the side of the bench. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, sorry. And the guitar's like, it's cool, man. I'm still here. Like, <laughs> Relict. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's the stickers I love. I love the the fact that you get a little bit more of that young with your guitar. You know, you can choose to be, like, looking at the photo. Imagine someone looking at photos of your uh, approximation of the stickers and put them exactly where you've put them and then <laughs> someone who just goes ah I want that one there and that one there and that one there and it's it gives people a freedom to explore an instrument or explore a thing uh, yeah that's a beautiful thing 
I was also thinking, like in everything that I did, uh, that, that I decided on in designing this guitar, I was thinking about like, my demographic is a lot of younger people, you know, like it's a lot of like new guitar, newer generation guitarists, people who maybe like are coming out of high school and want to like learn guitar for college or people who went to a show and saw, and, and saw a cool band play and they like want to pick up guitar too. That's like actually how I started playing guitar was I went, I went to shows and I was like, I want to do that. So um, just with that in mind, that's why for my guitar, I decided I wanted to do like a really fun, bright color because I feel like a lot of younger people would find that inspiring. And then I wanted to do the sticker set because it kind of ties together like visual arts. And I feel like, you know, who doesn't like stickers? <laughs> and then um, even in the price point, like I had the option of making it more of like a prestige um price but I was thinking that would alien a lot of younger people because I know for a fact that when I was in college I didn't have a lot of money I mean I still don't have a lot of money but like you know just I didn't want to like make it so that people I, I just want to encourage people to want to play and I, I want to make it so that like they can actually afford what I'm putting out there and it feels great I mean we, we checked it at NAM and it feels rock solid and it's got some weight to it Oh, yeah. It's also quite a surprise. It's not like a that kind of super lightweight, slim guitar. It's a you know, it's got yeah. it's got some some kilos to it, which is I, I cool. love that. I don't know if this is just like in me in my head, but I I noticed that like guitars with more weight have a little more resonance. I don't know why. Maybe it's something about the wood, but like oh, I have a, a bunch. Huh? Careful! Don't, <laughs> don't say things like that on, on a recording. Uh, oh no 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 no! I'm just saying like I I, I have. I have a bunch of different guitars and like one of them is like more, more of like a chambered body. And I just noticed that my clean tone just doesn't sustain as much. It's not bad. It's just like, I noticed with, uh, I don't know, like my Talmans. That's why I always write with them. That's why I, I started out playing a bunch of different guitars and I just kept on like picking up the Ibanez Talman. And it's just because I really liked how it sounded with like my whole rig and my effects and this amp in particular is AC 10. Cool. Do, do you have like a writing guitar, the one that you always gravitate towards whenever you want to write a piece? Yeah, I do. It's so weird. Like, do you guys notice that you have three of the, like, if you have three of the same guitar, still sometimes one of them just like sounds different or one of them is just like, I don't know what it is, but like I have this Sunburst Talman that I just, it wasn't even supposed to be mine. Like I got this at NAMM because I was supposed to do a demo and I completely didn't have an instrument and I ran to Mike from Ibanez I was just like can I borrow a guitar I need to do a demo right now and he just handed me this one and I played it and I was just like what the hell this is awesome and then he just gave it to me um and for some reason I just like I'm in I'm in love with playing with this guitar it's not like sparkly it, it doesn't look like any of my other ones but like I don't know something about the neck. I think it's like a custom neck, a custom shop neck. It's just like super, um, super matte. Like mm -hmm. I hate, I don't like gloss necks at all. I find that they slow me down. I certainly don't like skateboard deck necks with, <laughs> <laughs> with sandpaper sticking out. Um, but yeah, it's just something about this neck is just like really inspiring. Something about the way it sounds, and I'm perplexed because it's supposed to be just like all my other Talmans, but. I don't know. It's just different. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Somebody must have been in a really good mood when they put that one together. Yeah. Or, or maybe the tree grew in a happy place. Maybe. Maybe it's just like, 
I don't know what is it's an organ it's an organic material right so I feel like sometimes maybe even if you're using the same kind of wood just like one piece of wood might be a little bit different than another mm-hmm. and then the way the pickups sound in it I don't know I'm not an expert on this there's a lot of mojo and stuff but we've, Andy and I've been discussing that like multiple times already I have this theory that every every piece of wood has that like specific resonance and frequency and i call it the home frequency because if that frequency of the piece of wood resonates with your own body frequency then it's a match whereas if like it's a different frequency and you don't really match it's like meeting a partner like meeting someone that you fall in love with then it's it's just not there and you know wood changes over time because it's an organic material and you change over time so let's say if if yvette young is old that guitar will also be old <laughs> I have oh, this. there's the guitar, Andy. Hey, <laughs> this is my custom shop telly, which, wow. which I bought because I was uh, in the shop in, in Tillman recording some videos, and I was waiting for Chris to come along and, and do his damn job, and I had nothing to do, and I just <laughs> reached out my hand to touch the nearest guitar, and I touched the back of this neck, and I bought the guitar without even ever plugging it in or really playing it that much. I just knew from that split second that that I'd found my, you know, my partner, as Dan was saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing instrument. Yeah, it's really interesting how, like, I don't know, there's two things that really turn me off for a guitar sometimes. It's like, number one, how it feels, like the, the, the way the neck plays. Sometimes I just like, on certain guitars, I'm just way more clumsy. I don't know why. And then, like, also just, like, of course, the tone, like, mm-hmm. what pickups are in there. Like, it can be, like, a really, really expensive, nice guitar, but sometimes if I just don't vibe with the pickups, I just don't want to write at all. Like, I just hate it almost. I hate myself when I pick up the instrument. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I also, like, I play violin as well, and there's something about wood, like it is an organic material. And there's something really nice about wood that's just been played to shit. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't want to sound like too hippy dippy here being from California, but I don't know. It's like almost like you can just feel the history in it when you, when you play it. Like when I pick up a violin, I have a really old one. Um, and it just sounds like, like, like cured or something like it's just like the tone is like all nice and like broken in but then sometimes when I play like a newer violin it just sounds a bit harsher you know Mm -hmm. um even like a piano oh there's something so beautiful about a really beat up old piano like with just a ton of character I find that to be so inspiring um I love that with acoustic guitars as well I feel like when I pick up like a really old like vintage acoustic or something sometimes the tone is just like so nice that's that's on my bucket list of things that i want to buy like i have a bunch of new acoustic guitars but i have yet to find like an old acoustic guitar that i'm i'm in love with that i can afford (laughs) (laughs) back to the uh, venn diagram thing yeah yeah (laughs) straight in the middle yeah I, I, picked up, I picked up recently a guitar that is allegedly 170 years old. Holy cow. And was built in Vienna. And I can't, uh, I bought it and it cost me 350 euros um, because it's quite common apparently in Vienna because that's where a lot of luthiers and a lot of violin luthiers um, trained. Mm-hmm. And it is beat up. It is four strings that have been on there for possibly 50 years. I don't know. 
Um, it has but, it has four strings. Only four because there are two broken, and I can't seem to restring it. Like it, it'll lose its magic. Like if I make it a, it's playable and it's it's beautiful, uh -huh. but it's. I feel like I, I could definitely put some work into it and make it a very playable instrument, but I don't want to. You know, yeah. I, I kind of enjoy this history of this instrument, and it uh, like it makes like, I. It is playable, but just. But it which makes strings me, are missing? Uh, the first and the second, so the ah, E and the B. Gotcha. Okay, you're just losing losing a bit of lower register. It's not yeah. not a big deal. So I was just. I've stayed it, and it's. I'm currently debating whether to really fix the guitar up and, and put strings on it. But it's, it's beautiful. You can see you can see the life in this piece of wood, and, and where it's been knocked around and scratched and dropped and kicked or whatever, in 170 yeah. years. Um, <laughs> it's just got mojo. It's got stories. It's got life. Yeah, I'm. I'm super into like, I don't know, history and even just like antique things. One of my favorite things to do, like not related to music, but it's just like to go into like an antique shop and look at objects from just like hundreds of years ago. It's just something so fascinating about like, wow, these objects are older than me and they've like lived a lifetime. I don't know what these objects have seen. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds funny, but like it's something really cool, like holding a guitar and just imagining like, I wonder who else played this. I wonder like what they, what sort of energy they have like put into this instrument like what sorts of music they've played, if they've even composed music on it. It's fascinating. Yeah. Do you usually go into uh, guitar stores when you're in other cities? Um, I mean, for me, sometimes I feel like, I'm okay, with guitar stores, I'm very utilitarian. I'll go in, I'll be like, I know exactly what I need to buy. I know what I want. I don't want to spend too long in there. Because I know I'll just be like tempting myself by looking at things and wanting to buy them, it's just cruel. So yeah. I'm like in and out. But I don't know there's something also really fun about like, okay, there's this guitar shop in, I think it's in Vegas. Maybe it's called Bizarre Guitars. They have like a vintage vault there. And it's really fascinating just seeing like all these really expensive, rare guitars. Um, I know I'm not going to go home with them, but like it's fun to kind of play around and look at them. Um, how are you guys? Are you guys like hit up every guitar shop in the city or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it depends Pretty if I'm much. alone or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, even on vacation, it's just like a must stop. Yeah. yeah. Especially on vacation. I'm like, okay, I'm going to judge this beautiful beach place by if it has a guitar shop on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and often these idyllic wonderful places don't have a guitar shop so they suck pawn so shops I, are kind of fun too um oh yeah, i've yeah. i've picked up some interesting things at pawn shops like people will sell some crazy shit uh actually my 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 uh what is it uh treasure pawn shop find would be this i have this bc rich warlock that um I, I, saw, I saw it and I was like, what the hell? And then I look at it and there's this, you know that band Insane Clown Posse? Yeah. No, okay. I mean, no, I've never heard of them. Okay. So it's, it's, I was like, somebody put an Insane Clown Posse sticker on this? But, but I looked closely and it wasn't a sticker. It was actually like 
a decal like built into the guitar like it is it, you can't scratch it off it's like wow. actually like printed onto the guitar and i googled it i was like did bc rich and insane composty like do like a collaboration or something like that i, I just am unaware about so yeah i i bought it it was like 45 bucks it's it's funny because i'm thinking do i want to make this into like the most sick playable guitar ever or do, do i just want to make it like a joke guitar that has like weird gross pickups in it and like you know like i can't decide which direction i want to go do i want to like make it like the best guitar and like really put a lot of tlc into it or do i want to just make it like a meme guitar i can't decide <laughs> I, I think it's fun what if you made it like the tamest guitar ever like so it's a bc rich warlock and you made it into some kind of jazz box style oh my thing. god like like put like some i don't know what pickups would i get for that huh pafs p90s p90s or maybe a um some, <laughs> some kind of telecaster thing you know the is it oh what's the christian something i can't remember the name i wonder yeah. if i have it do i have it with me i forgot where i put it Huh. Well, it's it's probably two hamburgers, so oh, single coils do not work, right? I'm gonna show you it. <laughs> I suddenly wish this was a video podcast. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, listeners, you are you're missing out here. Okay, so so it's already. I I don't know. I have no idea what's in there right now, but um, yeah. As you can see, this is the thing I'm talking about. Like, there's that's not a sticker. That's like built into the guitar it's insane so it says in insane clown posse on the back on the front there's some clowns i believe oh yeah this is a this is a sticker that i put on there somebody gave me an icp sticker so i'm just thinking of just making this like like the insane clown posse guitar like everything on it will be insane clown posse related but then it'll be like a jazz guitar that'd be really funny actually <laughs> You could like put a red nose on the headstock and oh, that's a little, true. A I little was... curly one. And the horns. Two two red nose on the horns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna maybe like install like I don't know, like a vape or something like on the headstock just to make it extra <laughs> stupid. Like just make it the stupidest guitar. <laughs> I think also. inappropriate music on inappropriate instruments is always fun. Yeah. yeah. I had this fantasy of making like, you know, like a joke Instagram channel where I'm just like playing this uh, BC Rich, Insane Composite BC Rich, and like just playing like the most like rock and roll songs out of like, I don't know, like a Lion Six Spider or something. Like just really, yeah, yeah. I, but but then I, I feel like I can't do that anymore because now people know that this is my guitar and people also, I have like hand oh, tattoos. I see, and, yeah. Yeah. And I can't like I can't obscure my identity, so there goes my my fantasy. But I was gonna like just make like a total joke guitar Instagram to see how how much of a following I could build from it. <laughs> do you do you remember Vine? Yeah, I had a channel on there. I'm I'm actually gonna confess this now as we're going down okay. the road. There was a guy on Vine called Spider Man Sings, and it was a guy in a Spider Man costume singing, uh -huh. and it was me. <laughs> and I had quite a few thousand people following this account and I was just no against a white wall singing any old rubbish dressed as Spider-Man for, <laughs> like, for that pure reason of this is fun did you take requests? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I would do. I would sing like just. I'd do anything, and I did some opera. I did some gospel stuff. Yeah. There was obviously you know rock and and but I had to do anything that wasn't in my normal style so that people wouldn't. Not they ever would because you know who am I? But they wouldn't recognize me, and they never did. And now that Vine is dead, I can reveal I am singing Spider Man. Well, wow. even more importantly, do you still take requests? <laughs> yes, Dan. For you, I I shall. Take a request. I know, I know, you, I know you don't have the costume on right now, but do you think, uh, you know, you could take a request right now? I'll, I'll happily take a Spider-Man sings request. <laughs> oh man! Okay. No, you can't can think I... of anything. Oh, I can. Uh, can you sing? Uh, I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. Yes, I can try. Um, <laughs> can I just get the guitar to get the right key? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got to, I've got to get into Spider-Man mode, <clears throat> and okay. I got back away from that. Wow, what a treat! It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. Can I do it like Justin from the Darkness? Because I can only sing in that um, in that British. Uh, yeah. yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I've suddenly gone very very nervous because I'm, I'm accessing accessing a part of my life that I've never shared with anyone before. If you want to, if you want to face away from us, you can as well. No, no, I'm, I'm totally gonna I'm gonna do it, but I have to hold a guitar because I can't sing yeah. it. Okay. <clears throat> I can't explain all the things that you're making me feel. <laughs> My heart's in overdrive and you're behind the steering wheel. Ooh, touching you. Ooh, touching me. Ooh, I touch you. Ooh, oh, touching you. <laughs> 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 I. That's amazing. It's one of the coolest songs. I'm so glad you chose that. Oh, <laughs> I love them. They're they're the band that got me into guitar, pretty much like playing oh, rock. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. You're so red. It's cute. Oh, you're like balls. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. But I really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> Honestly. I think you should bring bring it back. Bring back the Spider-Man costume. Do it on Instagram and start with that song. How can I how can I not? You got some pipes. You were able to hit that. I don't even know if I can hit that note. I, I kind of warbled at the beginning, you know, if we're going to critique it, but yeah, I I went for it. No, yeah, that was like great falsetto whatever you were doing there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the rest of this podcast, please just talk like that. <laughs> do you guys do you guys sing under the shower? Yes, absolutely. It's my um, favorite place to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I sing just like when I'm alone in in the house, but I don't know if I've done it in the shower. <laughs> but the shower is the best place for thinking. That's where I get all my ideas. Yeah. Me too. Very often I'll... running around wet, like, get a pen, come on. 
<laughs> I feel like the shower is the place where I overthink my life. And then I start thinking about like, oh, oh no, like, did what I say to that person two weeks ago come off as like rude? Maybe I should re- apologize to them for something I said like two weeks ago that they probably don't remember, but I definitely remember because I just remembered it taking a shower. Like maybe I should be be weird and like <laughs> just hit them up. <laughs> maybe yeah. I should like text text my ex and just say like, hey, like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, what I do in the shower, have ex- existential meltdown. <laughs> What what is it about showers that opens some kind of a some part of us that doesn't exist outside of said shower? It, it just there's an Andy for me that exists under hot water that doesn't exist outside of hot water. It's very maybe strange. it's something about the circulation. It just like gets your your blood pumping and it opens your mind, opens your pores, and opens your heart. You know. Oh. <laughs> And no distraction, not to forget about that. It's like, it's just you in a small room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, I'm, yeah. I'm super tall, so I'm actually kind of, I'm wearing the shower more than in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> there's good acoustics too, so I feel like it, may, it makes it ideal for singing. Yeah, it's a mini opera. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought this went weird when I sang a song by the darkness, but now we've gone even stranger. No, I love it. Like I, 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 I don't know if you guys have had an episode like this where you sing and. <laughs> no, but um, but uh, I, I'm thinking regular feature. Dan and I take it in turns. You know, we bring you back in a few weeks, and and you tell us what to sing, and we do a some kind of tri- tri- trio duet. What's What's the three of a yeah. duet? Uh, a trio. I forget a English. Truet. A truet. I, that's the word I wanted to say. I wanted to say a truet. <laughs> a truet. <laughs> and it sounded so ridiculous. I thought, is that a real word? Thank you, Yvette, for for picking my brain and, and getting that one out of there. Oh, absolutely. You know, I feel like we just started a new word, a truet. A truet. Where you sing songs of three people that only mean something to you and true to your heart you know what we could have done is i could have been like the the lead guitar like and then dan could have been you know like the the bass or maybe like okay he's like this uh i'm I'm rhythm and he's this this uh lead guitar and then you sing yeah i'm up for that yeah (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a online video yeah I'm like air guitaring as well. Like, so going back to the darkness, I I think they write some of the 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 coolest guitar lines so ever. Good. Like it's just so catchy. Have you seen them live? No, 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 four or five times. Oh my gosh! I saw them in San Francisco, and Justin comes out in a in a leopard print leotard that's like comp- like the V of the leotard is like just straight down to his balls. Like like pretty <laughs> much like you can you can see. There's nothing left to the imagination. He's just like, you know, I don't know how old he is, but I'm just like, I really admire that, that he can just be like, I don't know, like a hundred years old and like still like step out on stage and like wear this crazy thing and do what he does. And he's still like such an amazing singer. Yeah. Like, 
I just, I, I love that so much. I can only hope that like in the future, I will be stepping out in a leopard print leotard doing whatever I'm doing <laughs> when I'm like 80. <laughs> Maybe not down to your balls though. That'd be weird. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, that, I, yeah. keep that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, my balls are my secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So which get which 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 Justin do you like more the the original Justin like when they when they became big or the pirate ish uh, Justin after a couple of years? Ooh, wait, he's a pirate now. Uh, he's got that fancy look with the beard and all that stuff. Uh, you know, he ha he used to be like more like a I don't know glamour glamour rock and roll guitar player, and then after a couple of years, he had the tats and uh, you know yeah. the little beard, and he looked more like a pirate from the Caribbean. I I gotta say, there's something about glam rock that I just, like, I love that. Like, it's the same feeling I get when I see that main guy from Tiger King. I'm just like, you really, like, you just, you do you. You know what I mean? Like, you just, I don't know how long it took you to get ready this morning, but I love it. Like, you know, it's it's cool. Like, the hair is all big and, like, wearing all kinds of ridiculous shit. I don't know where he got that, but I back it. I love it. <laughs> I have always wanted to be in a glam rock band. Always. I just think after after hearing you sing, I think it's a waste that you're not. I hear what you're saying. Do you, do you guys want to start a glam rock band now? Yes. Like right I, now? Got, I feel we have we to. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, if you promise not to mention him, I can introduce you to our fourth member, who's been with me the whole time. <laughs> Dan's met him before. What the hell is that? <laughs> That's my fake me. That's Bob. Where did you? Why? What is it for? Because I put him. I put him on my chair over here when I make the videos, and if Bob's in focus, then when I sit there, I'll be in focus. I feel like you should leave it in your videos. You should. Uh... Oh, oh, it will. But uh, the thing is, no one knows. You know, no one's met Bob yet. I'm just building up the, the the tension and the expectations, and then occasionally, maybe do that sort of fight club fight club flesh where it's Bob sitting there, not me. You know, and yeah, I'm all into that and sort it, of stuff. Well, that would be scary if it's your your head on the pole. <laughs> I have a green screen. There you go. I didn't have so much fun with that. Just so you know, something... I, didn't, I didn't order that as a piece. You know, I did just have a head and then found the other parts around the house. And then I thought, well, I have to do it now. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's cool if you just like don't explain why you have that. Maybe have people come over and then just have them see like your head on a pole. Just have them wonder like, what yeah. the hell does he use that for? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, oh man that's our fourth member if, if we need if we needed one you know someone with the look is what i'm trying to say or maybe, maybe yeah. the talent i don't know no he could but be being a must be so fun i mean yeah it's like uh you're kind of like self-aware that it's like not too serious you know like yeah. i think that's awesome that's kind of like what i wish I don't know what I, what I like to do with my band is like if you set the precedent that you don't take yourself that seriously and you're down to have fun, it just takes so much pressure off. Like even if I mess up live, I'm like, eh, like we're here to have fun, whatever. Yeah. I know I'm not the most clean player. I know I'm not the most like technical player. 
it's not about that for me. And I feel like that's like what glam rock is. It's just about like going out there and just putting on a crazy show. <laughs> I can't think of anything more fun than being in a glam rock band right now. It's clear. We got it. We got to start one. Yeah. What would our name be? Tiger Kings. Tiger oh! Kings. Yes. I love it. Oh, I'm so down. <laughs> now we just have to grow out our hair. Yeah. Andy, I think you're good, but Daniel and I actually, I kind of have like oh, you got a it. weird anime thing going on. Daniel, yeah, you got it. You got to step it up. You got to bring the mane out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure beards are allowed in glam rock. Actually, I don't ever recall okay. seeing a beard on a glam rock artist. Have Have you ever had really long hair, Daniel? Like super long. No, never ever. <laughs> really? I had super short hair when I was in in the army, but wow! I, I, I pictured you like sort of sixteen, seventeen, with the full-on sort of you know metalhead, metalhead hair. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was the sole guy that had like short hair and was listening to metal. All the others they were just headbanging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag make long hair Dan happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, now is the time, right? You, you're stuck indoors, so you can grow out your hair as long as you want. Yeah, all the barber shop, shops are closed at the moment, so. Oh, really? So no one cuts hair anyway. So. No, no one. Grow, grow it. Grow it. Grow. <laughs> so come to here, Next show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe get like um like a soul patch too, like so shave everything except oh. for like this thing. <laughs> Or who's that guy who who has maybe I'm I want to say it's the guy from Anthrax who has like the long Scott Ian yeah yeah he has like the long soul patch thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, did you ever have like a proper beard? No, I can't do it, man. There's there's more chance of Yvette having a beard than me, I think. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and Yvette doesn't look rather hairy. She looks rather rather smooth faced and. No, I'm good. Unless, you know, neck beards. Neck beards, like, I can do, like, no tomorrow. Like, just, <laughs> if, if the fashion was, like, look like you're wearing a, a scarf all the time, then I'd, I'd be well in. So maybe I should own that. I don't know. Is it as curly as your hair, like, on the top? Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. But it's, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm Asian. I don't have to ever worry about growing hair or shaving or anything no. well i must be part asian then so <laughs> did you ever have like a super crazy hairdo like fancy colors or fancy uh, i've been basically i think up in every year of my life maybe up until recently i've kind of drastically changed how i look i don't know if it's just me having a, a crisis every year but um definitely the craziest thing i ever did was I had really, really long hair, and I decided to shave half my head. So I, wow. I had like the the like um, the side shave kind of like badass punk chick kind of look for a while, <laughs> and it was cool. Like, like I felt, I felt tough. Like I will say, it's interesting how your like external appearance can impact how you act. Because like mm-hmm. you know, I it, it changes your personality. I'm normally like kind of like just easygoing and like you know, quiet and just cheerful. But I feel like as soon as I shave half my head, I was ready to fight people. I was like, all right, let's 
you looked at me the wrong way. I'm going to start some shit. Like, <laughs> I have half my head shaved. I'm not afraid to sock you in the jaw. <laughs> so, I don't know what that was all about, but I, I soon decided that it was too much maintenance. So, I just grew it out. Now, I just have short hair. It's great. I, I actually cut my hair for touring. Um, I used to have really, really long hair, but I would always have to use a lot of shampoo and conditioner, and I would be you know, combing my hair all the time. And it was annoying because on stage it would like, like, I don't know how people like Guthrie Govin or like anyone who's a shredder with really long hair do it. Cause like when I'm playing and my hair gets caught in the strings, it's like so annoying. I hate it. Like, so for me cutting my hair makes it easy on the road. Cause I don't really have to like wash my hair all that often. I don't have to brush my hair. I can just wake up and look like shit and it's fine. And then I can play on stage and I don't have to worry about, my hair getting in the way. It's insane. I don't know how people play with long hair. <laughs> well, now that we've we've started discussing the bathroom routine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't you don't play with picks, so uh, you you play with your like the the fingers or with the actual nail. How is that? What's your picking approach usually when you play? I play with fingers. Like I do the whole like um, two handed tapping finger picking style thing. So for me, it's all about using the pads of my my fingers and uh yeah I don't know I tried using a pick I used I did a bit of tremolo picking with a pick in the studio just for the sake of attack but um yeah I don't know I just never I never really use a pick yeah so what how do you set your guitar then for I just remembered we're on a guitar podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> people are gonna be like why are they talking about guitar at all um Does that affect the way you? I'm trying to I'm trying to be a professional now. Talk about guitars, Andy. Um, yeah. The way like playing with fingers, you get a lot of um, like a lot of not attack. You you lack attack with fingers, so you, yeah. your tone is dampened somewhat. Do you do you then counteract that with with tone settings or pedals or, or amp settings? Do you find that your tone is brighter? But do you? Am I making any sense? Is that? Yeah, no, I, I usually out of my AC30, I use the top boost a bit. Um, also run an EQ pedal on my board. I use the MXR 10 band. But um, also I just, I find that just the Tommins I play, I don't really miss the lack of attack. Like I feel like, okay, this I have a Seymour Duncan 5.2 Strat set um, and also the 5.2 Tele set and the Telecaster that I have. But I find that they're just so dynamic already. I love that I can lay back use the pads in my fingers and I can get like a really, I usually dial, okay, my amp, sorry. I dial my amp settings so that like, if I dig in, it breaks up and it gets me this like more crunchy tone. But then if I lay back, it's like kind of more chimey and crystalline sounding. Um, and I love that because I can just like pick really softly and have it sound really clean. But then I just like pick a bit harder and it's like got a little more beef to it, a little more grit, you know? I love that. Um, so I'm used to playing that way and I don't really miss it. Mm -hmm. I think it gives you a lot of articulation when you, when you have your fingers because you can like have all the variants from going very subtle, almost just like padding the string to like yeah. rubbing it off and just, you know, like going into that kind of crunch mode of the amp. Yeah. Guitar yeah. for me is a lot like singing. You know how yeah. singing is not about, it's not only about hitting the right pitch. There's like a way that you like shape your vocal cords to make certain timbres and sounds sound more appealing. To me, playing fingerstyle guitar on like 
really dynamic pickups it's the same way like sometimes for Instagram for instance I film guitar videos and sometimes I'll get a bunch of good takes like good as in I played the note right like I didn't mess up but there's certain takes where I just feel like the feel and like the way that I attack the note just sounded a lot cooler you know like even with like you know a vibrato sometimes there's just a little more like character to some of it or like sometimes I bend certain notes out and I just love the way that sounds like it just like I don't know just like gives me a really warm funny feeling when I'm just like oh that was just like atonal and just like the nicest way um so sometimes I'll pick whichever clip I post just based off of something as subtle as like finger tone and like how how that it sounded when I when I plucked it um, sometimes e even if you pull off a string a certain way, it can be a little snappier. Like you can kind of simulate how a pick sounds just by pulling it off just like slightly at a different angle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. These are just things I can't like articulate with words. It's just like, if you spend a lot of time with the guitar and, and, and certain pickups, you just kind of find that out by playing, playing it a shit ton. <laughs> That's how I learned. That's, uh... Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, even with pedals, I find that sometimes, like, there's, like, a certain uh, chorus pedal that I have, and I find that, like, it even reacts to, like, how I touch it, you know? Like, it'll sound wobblier <laughs> played certain ways. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I need to know what pedal that is now. You can't leave me hanging there. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I play with a bunch, but, like, I know, the main ones I've been using, I use the, uh, of course, the Walrus Audio Julia, I have this um, Zvex pedal that I custom painted. Uh, I just I love modulation pedals and chorus vibrato. Um, I think those are my favorite. Anything? Oh, I, I um, love delays as well. I have a, a modulated delay that I just got. Sent that sounds really nice. Um, I have this Echo Sex. Did you have you heard of that uh, com company Gurus? Oh, they, they have this cool here i'll pick it up um it's it's supposed to kind of like imitate you know like how um uh i think it's like the echo rec right it has the 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 whole plate thing it's it actually imitates like the way that it decays over time and it's got like it's it has this knob called age of damage and it, it just sounds so cool. There's like a little tube preamp built in. It's it's for me, this is like more of a studio tool because it's obviously too clunky for uh, my life board and there's not really a, like a tap tempo. I'm sure you could like find a way to rig one externally, but I don't know. It's it's really nice. It's got what's, like this- What's uh, the name of the company? Or the name of the title? Uh, Gurus. I don't know if you can see it. Um, no, that's, you've just put it off the side of the screen. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Echo, oh, Echo, Echo 6. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like it. Um, I don't know, I've been playing around with that one a lot. Uh, Caroline Audio, Caroline Guitar makes like a lo-fi modulator called the Somersault that I, I love. I feel like it's so versatile. I used it, okay, so we just recorded an album and I'd say the pedals that I use the most would be the Mercury 7 by Maris. Like that reverb is like, stunning and you can do so much with it like there's this one setting on it that's an octave down and is it an octave up one as well and I I find with the octave down my favorite thing to do on the record like I I definitely 
did it way too much. I had to hold myself back, but it's like, you know, setting the mix knob super high, setting like it on the octave down feature and just like holding out a note and then using the tremolo to just like pitch it like out. So it sounds like almost like Godspeed you black emperor. Like the world is ending. It's just like, it sounds like just like, I don't know, like nuclear explosion, like just the whole world rumbling. It's, it's so fun. So there's that one. Um, use the lo-fi modulator. It, it um, has uh, this this switch where if you pre- if you hold it down, it just maxes out the speed. So it's just like super glitchy sounding. So I used it to like I held it down for a millisecond to glitch out certain notes. Um, oh man, you're making me want to make like a like a pedal run a pedal tutorial video now explaining <laughs> like all these weird studio tricks that I did. Uh, yeah. Those two pedals I use a lot. I use the Wars Julia. I just love the way that one sounds. Um, uh, oh, Longsword by Electronic Audio Experiments. That is a super sick gain pedal. I love what it does to just even clean tone. You can do the. Th- it has like built-in EQ. So a lot of times I find that with some overdrive and gain, I feel like it sounds a bit thin. You know, it almost like sucks out all of like the mids or something I don't know what happens but like I don't know I like that it has built-in EQ so you can kind of like sculpt how you want the tone to sound a bit more but still have have that crunch and still have clarity sorry I'm like talking a lot about pedals that's that cool so cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> avalanche it. run another really great mm-hmm. delay pedal that I used a bunch that reverse setting I think it's called reverse um Oh yeah, the reverse the swell setting is really nice because it like delays the attack really nicely. I used it on an entire. Tra- I used it on a bunch of tracks. I don't know. I'll shut up. Sorry. <laughs> I totally want to see the videos how the tracks were recorded. Like, yeah, um, I think I wanna. I wanna like do a demo video now. But you just gave me an idea because like I don't know. It's it's fun to try to like part of the fun of um going to the studio is being able to play with an arsenal of colors. I always refer to like pedals as colors because that's what they do to the tone. Like they kind of color it in a certain way. So for me, it's like, I have the song written. I have like a vague idea of like, like if the song, if I may use like a visual art analogy, if the song is a black and white drawing, like a skeleton, having pedals is just a chance for you to color certain sections to make it like tell your story better. And for me, when I go into the studio, I have a vague idea of like what color I want to use, but I don't know exactly. And part of the fun is like plugging into a bunch of things and like even improvising like, oh, I don't, what would a phaser sound here? What would a phaser in conjunction with a chorus sound like here? Whoa, that's really weird. Like no rules. There's really no rules. Even in like, like um, signal chain stuff, like people think that there's like like, of course, there's certain rules that make sense. Like, you want to put your tuner, like, as close to your guitar as possible, not, like, at the end of the chain. But, like, you know, I think sometimes, like, disobeying rules also makes for really cool outcomes. Like, yeah. you know, how, where do, do I put my chorus before my reverb, or do I do it the other way? Or I want to show you guys like something. That. Something I received today. Oh, please don't mention oh. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Please don't don't mention what it is, but look at that. What is it? A DS1 distortion? What is that? What? Ah. 
It's a modded DS1 distortion with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten switches, <laughs> an extra knob on the side, and it just kind of self oscillates and it has an optical filter there that you can like it how much light is going through it um affects what wow. what sound is going through it what so you can play it like a ds1 or like a standard pedal or you can let it self oscillate and create like synthy stuff with it that's wow. crazy and I, I haven't plugged it in yet because i want to capture on video the moment i plug it in and just go on the journey with this ultimate ds1 <laughs> Um, a guy contacted me on Facebook and said, can I send you this pedal that I've built? I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you absolutely can. <laughs> wow. So that's what I, I, I think I can make an album with that. Yeah. That's super cool. I've never really played with modded out pedals. But uh, one thing I was going to say is another reason why I like pawn shops and like why I do like going to music shops is sometimes people sell like really weird modded out gear like or the, the, I, my favorite thing is enclosures where you don't know what it is like someone just like made it or something and it's like it's like painted a certain way and I'm always like super curious to try those out because like you don't know what you're gonna get yeah <laughs> I think pawn shops are more a, a, an American thing than it is like for us over here in Europe it's at least for, from my experience uh, I went into pawn shops in America and they were awesome like like a real cave of treasures but here yeah. they're more sort of functional and old VCRs and, and old, you know, crappy guitars that are not crappy and cool. They're just crappy. <laughs> like, how, what do you yeah. think, Dan? Is that, has that been your experience? Or is it yeah, just, here you've got to go into those independent guitar stores. They usually have all the used stuff that you can just, like, crawl through and find the interesting, interesting kind of bits that you don't know yet. So, yeah, not pawn shops, not really. No, it's a shame. It's it was one of the dreams when I went to America. I managed to find one, and I was like, "Oh, finally, I'm in a movie." <laughs> it is kind of cool because, like, I don't know. I feel like when you go buy gear that's kind of like somebody handmade and for some reason gave away, like, um, you know, this is like probably only one, and it just makes it kind of special, you know. Like, even if it's like totally shitty, you can't. <laughs> There's only one. Yeah, and then when you put that I'm, on an album, it's like that's yours, then, isn't it? That's your sound. It's nobody else yeah. can get that. Yeah. I recently picked up a germanium fuzz, actually. That uh, I literally, you know, that expression, put a bird on it. No. Nope. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah, it just had a bird on it, and I was like, I love that. I don't even care what it is. Like, I just want that pedal because it has a bird on it, and it's got just one knob, and it just controls how much fuzz is in it it's not very versatile but i mean like it's kind of cool i i, I want to try to figure out a way to use it um yeah it's it's tricky i feel like if i put it in my chain with like maybe like an eq pedal i could make it sound a bit better but i don't know this is like one of those impulse buys it was 40 bucks yeah. had a bird on it it's gold like What's there to hate? <laughs> yeah. I have a and it's a fuzz, so you've got Andy's attention already, yeah, right? I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm, you said the, the magic four-letter F word. Fuzz. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like fuzz a lot. I want to own What's your every fuzz. Uh, uh, What's your favorite fuzz? Uh, probably. I'm still showing you stuff. 
this Russian Big Muff, which is huge. So there's the yeah. DS1, and it's a it's a Russian Big ah. Muff Soviet one. It's just it's glitchy. Uh, you turn the knobs, and there's just noise and dirt and dust, and it's huge and ridiculously big. <laughs> And I know it's a bit sort of vanilla to go for an EHX pedal, but it's just this one. You know, I've played other ones and they, in my head, weren't that good. But this mm -hmm. one is awesome. But to never tomorrow it'll be different. One. It'll be a different pedal tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played with the Fuzz Factory from ZBEX? Yeah, I built one. It's wild. Damn, that's yeah. cool. That's such a good pedal. It, it's, yeah. It does things that I can't get other pedals to do. Like you'd think that there was some similarity with that and another fuzz pedal or another pedal of some kind, but a fuzz factory is something magical. Uh, I think they build their pedals in a way where like just each knob kind of like affects. I don't know. Like I'm. I don't know how to express this, but it's just like it's pretty like interactive. Where it's like the you can't really control what it does. It just feels like a little yeah. bit like untamable. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're just along for the ride. You know, okay, no, yeah, okay, we're going there now. Fine, okay, let's yeah. go there. It's like you're not riding the horse. The horse is taking you wherever the fuck it wants to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you tried yeah. the the swarm by Beatronics? Oh, I was recommended that by a good friend. Man. Oh, he, he was gonna um, let me borrow one, but. It is insane. It is it's one of those pedals like the Fuzz Factory that you're just along, you know, you're not in charge. You're just plugged into it. Yeah, it's a great pedal to just like, I don't know, like uncondition the control freak inside everyone. Just like let yourself surrender to the, to the fuzz. <laughs> oh, that's a t-shirt. Surrender to the fuzz. There you go. That's, that's your merch. Thank I got you. you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Have you played with the Fuzz Probe? That one's really weird too, from Zvex. No. Oh, that's. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I'm. Uh, I'm giving you the correct information. Um, I believe that. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's like you control it with your foot. It's like a theremin. Like so, you take off your shoe, and like the closer you put your foot to the the metal. I don't know what. Zachary's freaking crazy. He makes like really cool work, but it's like he. he like a probe series where it's just like how close you hover your foot to it and that controls the pedal itself it's not even it's not even a switch like so it's like an optical sensor the closer you get the the, the more it alters the sound or i i feel like the more i talk about this the more i'm gonna real, realize i had, i have no fucking idea what i'm talking about but i tried one and how it works is like <laughs> you put your foot as cl close it's like this metal square you like uh, put yeah. your foot close to it and then it like controls that's how you control it oh wow it's it's the older brother of the fuzz factory oh so it's it's like a, as you said like a theremin like antenna yeah yep oh cool it's got a copper plate that just oscillates pitch and strange I'm just reading for the website. <laughs> I wish I wish we were I wish we were hanging out in person so we could actually like plug yeah, in and like play fair. with with these things. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna get one, and it's your fault. Yeah. Oh, are you really buying one? I absolutely have to. I, I, not right now, you know, the times being as they are. <laughs> but um, there's a wah probe too. You should check out the wah probe. Oh, stop! I love fuzz wah. 
Like I could I could do a whole <laughs> show with just Fuzzwire. I don't need anything else. You should do like a special series, the Fuzz Fantasies. Fuzz Fantasies? I don't want to Google that. That's <laughs> <laughs> He actually did the video. He did the video at uh, Mannheim Guitar Show, Guitar Summit. We were talking about the J Custom guitar and he was calling that the morning glory. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I did actually Google Fuzz Fantasies. Oh boy. It's Is okay. It it's, it's just the it's movie okay? Hot Fuzz came up. We're okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these pedals like have pretty questionable names like Big Muff, like yeah. Russian Big Muff, Russian Big Muff Fuzz Fantasy. The oh. worst search entry ever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> disqualified on youtube immediately yeah the worst targeted ads for the rest of your life like just like <laughs> okay that, that leads me into something that i did buy this week okay um i bought the steel panther new pedal which I don't remember what it's called because I, I was kind of more than half asleep and I got an email saying Steel Panther have released a new pedal. And um, I have the other two. I have the Pussy Melter and the Poontang Boomerang. Poontang Boomerang. Holy cow. And, That's uh, amazing. What is this one called? It's the, it's the same circuit as the, the Pussy Melter. What is it oh called? my gosh, Some... that reminds me. I oh. saw. Sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. No, sorry. It's called the butthole burner. Yeah, the butthole <laughs> burner. I think Steel Panther caught a lot of flack for, for the names of their pedals. I remember online seeing a bunch of like people get really angry over it. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's kind of funny, but like you know, it's I think it's meant to be like tongue in cheek, like a joke, right? So, yeah, I'm personally not offended. I think it's funny. <laughs> if I if I may be the geek and the pedant here, it came yeah. from the TC Electronic tone print that, that Satchel created, and mm -hmm. it was called the Pussy Melter. So it was a tone print setting for a TC Electronic pedal, and there was a massive uh, I'll use my mum's word a massive to do a hoo ha, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, people complained about this TC electronic patch so they deleted the patch and they then they got in massive trouble as you said and off the back of that they released their pussy melter pedal oh man so they they totally owned it and totally said right well you're going to take down our, our patch we're going to use this marketing opportunity to create a pedal yeah um, you know what i think instead of complaining about it i think like they should just release their own pedal called the cockbreaker <laughs> so it's like then it's equal like there's two equally <laughs> offensive sounding things <laughs> cockbender there we go cockbender <laughs> it's probably pedal number four <laughs> i'm gonna release a signature pedal called the cockbender <laughs> well well glenn fricker had the cock blocker i love that <laughs> And the cock, cock, cock bender has to be a fuzz, like a like a, a fuzz pedal, surely. 
Yeah. Like the tone bender, right? The the tone bender. Yeah. Tone bender. Yeah, that's perfect. The cock bender. I love it. (laughs) Right. You've got, you've just sold one. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have our glam rock bands. You guys want to start a boutique pedal company as well? (laughs) Why not? We could just take old boss pedals and just stick switches on them and pretend they do stuff. (laughs) And then you you paint them, Dan markets them. Done. Yes. Re-enclose them. Yes. Take the circuit out of all these boss pedals and just like put them in. I don't know. I don't know what the enclosure would look like. And yeah. then maybe this the switches can just be tiny, tiny dicks. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, that's what I see when I see the switches. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just ruined your podcast. Yeah, no, no, no. I feel we, like we I've been teaching eighteen for twenty minutes already, so it's not, all good. Okay. Not possible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> However, if my mum emails me tomorrow, emails as if my mum knows how to use email. Sorry, mum. If my mum um, FaceTimes me and then forgets to turn the camera on tomorrow and says, <laughs> you know, I I heard that podcast. That was interesting. <laughs> I didn't like that girl. She was very rude. <laughs> who's, who's that delightful young lady? <laughs> I, I've been around band guys too much. I've been ruined. <laughs> Speaking off with all the crazy situation at the moment, what what's going on? Any plans for the rest of 2020 that that are still like firm? So we had the dopest summer headline tour planned and it was like, I was so excited about this. Like I was literally living for this tour because it was just two of my favorite bands on it. There's this band from Denmark called Town Portal. I don't know if you guys have heard them, but if I can leave you guys with anything today, I think I would just tell you to go listen to their album. They're just like, God, it's like everything I want to hear in music, like in one band. Um, It's their prog band. Uh, instrumental they just the bass player has got like really wicked tone and his bass lines are so creative like I feel like they do a good job of writing melodies that like interweave with each other and it's like they never like step on each other they're really listening and when they compose stuff it's like it truly does feel like you know like different instruments uh, the different members kind of like take their highlight moment and then like know when to step back I don't know it's just like I could nerd out about their composition forever really cool polyrhythm stuff going on uh yeah i just got like you can't help but listen to them and just go like you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) so we were gonna tour with them and i was gonna just feel um completely inept and inadequate every night with them opening and probably feel really just like scared and discouraged to go on after them and i was totally okay with that because i love having my ass kicked like i think it's really inspiring um and I get my ass kicked all the time. Uh, so we were going to have them. And then we we're going to have this band from Japan called uh, Trico. Uh, and it's like three girls who shred. Like they're just really sick at their instruments. Um, wow. So we were, we were going to have them. But then this whole thing happened and the visa stuff. I feel really bad for Town Portal because they, they applied for the visa. But then it got and they got it approved and they paid for it. But now that, you know, it's shut down, like they pretty much wasted that money and I, I don't I hope that they're able to like get it back or at least move it we're still banking on having them on our rescheduled tour because I don't know I just I feel so passionate about these guys they've never done a U.S. tour um, part of the cool thing about doing our first headliner is we get to choose who we want to open and for me I always 
like, I don't know. I don't really care. Maybe this is why I'm an artist and I'm not rich and not business minded, but I always just want to like have music that I really genuinely love. I don't care about draw that much. I don't care about like hype or whatever. Like for me, I just want a solid tour package of stuff that like really sonically gels and things that I'm like, I want, I personally like really am invested in and want more people to see. So Town Portal is one of those bands where I'm just like, ah, I think like everyone should listen to them. Like mm. they rule so hard. They're so underrated. Um, yeah. I swear they didn't pay me to say this. Like I just legitimately like love them so much. Uh, so we're currently looking for someone to, to, you know, kind of, if they can't do it, um, maybe to take their place. So that's supposed to happen in July, late July, but I don't know if it's still going to happen. It was going to happen end of May, but you know, things got pushed. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. Like now that just means I have more time to, um, figure out how I'm going to emulate some of the stuff I did in the studio on my live rig. Cause you know, in the studio, what's fun about recording is you can do whatever the hell you want. You don't have to worry about like, how am I going to engage like six pedals at the same time? But like, you know, now live, I have to figure out how I'm going to tap dance my way into, you know, making some of this stuff, actually executing, um, executing some of this stuff. So it's going to be more time to practice. I think um, th- you seem very, very positive, and that's that's generally how I, I see you. But also with the the lockdown thing that's going on at the moment, I think it, it might actually benefit us. So people might actually realize what they were missing, like being stuck yeah. at home. Like you said earlier, that um, you really want to go out and party, even though you may not have wanted to when you had the opportunity. I'm hoping that yeah. people that may not have gone to gigs in the past might actually make the extra effort now when they realize that they couldn't go to gigs. And I, I, maybe I'm just too idealistic, but I think that they, they might actually get something grown out of this for the artists after this is all over. I hope so. So the, the optimist in me that you see so often, like that's like my perspective, I hope so. But there's also like this weird pragmatist, like realist in me that's like, okay, also it could go the opposite way because everyone's cut off from their income source right now mm-hmm. at least not everyone like a lot of people we're getting people getting laid off um you know you're getting people who just like you know we make a lot of our touring from or sorry a lot of our money from touring so like now that these tours are canceled i'm sure like i don't know other other stuff's probably canceled too and people aren't really like you know pro- uh probably draining their savings account so i'm also like maybe Maybe, uh, I don't know if people will be too broke to go to see shows because I don't know what it's like in Europe, but in America, what I generally see is that like, um, I don't know, arts and music and stuff. It's, it's kind of, um, actually, I don't want to generalize because that's, I'm sure everyone's different, but sometimes I see that when people are hurting for money, like art and stuff is seen as kind of frivolous and seen as like an extra luxury and people don't want to spend on it. And they're going to like kind of spend more money on things that are, uh, essential. Um, so I don't know with that mindset, it could, I feel like it could go either way. I just keep on thinking about the one time I was in college. I didn't have money. Godspeed you black emperor was playing a show with like projections and stuff. And I was so excited cause I love that band. And I was like, totally down to go see them but then because I didn't have money and the ticket was like 50 bucks I was like ah like I gotta save my money <laughs> mm-hmm. and I and I ended up missing out on a really dope show but I did see them later 
in Manchester, actually, and it was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it could go either way. I hope that people will come out from their holes and go out and experience the show. But I'm also ready for the worst. That's total well, bummer now. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hope, let's hope for the best. I think there's a lot... There's a lot still to do, and uh, we're looking forward to having you in Europe, actually, because uh, there was quite quite a lot of interest in, in having you for clinics. Kind of oh, I would love so, that. I'd probably yeah. talk about like inappropriate things in the clinic. I I just did a, a Didario clinic in the UK and France, and I can't tell tell you guys how much I appreciated having that experience because I've never really done the whole like talking in front of a crowd thing, and I feel like. You know, the first couple maybe started out a bit rocky just because I, I had to get in my groove. But I just I hope to have more experiences doing that sort of thing because I legitimately do enjoy it. And I feel like every time I talk about something or people ask me a question, it pushes me to like it challenges me to really think about why I do certain things instead of just like blindly accept them. And having to explain it allows me to like, I don't know, like learn my craft even more and get better at it. Mm-hmm. Um get better at articulating things too. Uh, so I had such a good experience. I hope I get to do that again as well. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what question did you get asked that made you feel that way? Like, is there one question that sticks out that you, you remember from doing clinics? Well, it's like, you know, it's easy to answer technical things because I feel like they're pretty black and white. Um, but the questions that really kind of make me take a, a moment to really sit back and think, are the ones about like my creative process and how a song does happen. Cause admittedly for me still, I, f- I feel like my process is quite nebulous. Like I don't feel like it feels like a superpower. I can't control. It feels like my creative process is like that f- a fuzz factory where I'm just like, all right, you want to write a song today? Okay. I guess I'm going to let, I'm going to write a song today. I'm not going to question it. You know, you, you just never know what you're going to get every day when you sit down at your instrument. I feel like, but however, every time I sit down, I feel like I get a little bit closer to being consistent. You know, some days are better than others. But now I'm at a point where I feel like if I sit down, give myself five hours to write something, I can generally write something. Um, and yeah, like to me, creativity, the more time I spend trying to like understand it, the more I realize it is kind of like a muscle that you flex. And, uh, you know, also just pure probability wise the more often you sit down and try, the more likelihood something's going to happen. So that's something I take comfort from. Uh, but going back to your question about what sorts of questions make me kind of wonder, it's always the ones like, how do you write a song? Or like, what's your process? Or like, you know, I'm having trouble um, expanding on an idea or something. I'm just like, well, what would I do in that situation? I just do so, so many things I do just passively because I've already gotten into like a groove over the years of like how I like to write. I like to write alone in a room. No one else can be around. I'm such like that person where I can't jam. I'm like, no, everyone leave. Like, <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting having to like answer more like abstract questions like that. Or like, what, what, is, what do you write about? Like what inspires you? I don't know what inspires me. I sit down and I'm just like, I don't know where this song came from, but I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> I totally like understand the, the superpower that, like flowing through you rather than flowing from you. Um, yeah. I, I, I totally get that. It's, uh, it's an I, odd thing. And as I've got older, that's, that's become less and less um, easy and, and less achievable. 
you know, yeah. sort of the classic life getting in the way and stuff like that. But but genuinely, there's there's times where I think that I've that magic has happened, you know, and I'm not I'm not responsible for the magic, but I was there when it happened. Yeah, that, that's an amazing thing. And it's one of the things that like that's the joy I get. Like, okay, so I always ask people. What do you like the most? Do you like performing? Do you like composing and slash jamming? Or do you like recording? And for me, performing is my least favorite thing because it's just, it's, I get nervous. I'm somewhat introverted and I feel like every night something goes wrong and just feeling like I don't have control over that frustrates me to no end. But, uh, you know, it's something that I learned to enjoy more. But my favorite has always been composing and then recording after that because I feel like there's so much magic in composing. Like when you sit down, you don't know what's going to happen. And there's something really cool about like creating something out of seemingly nothing. Like just, it's just abstract concepts and, and ideas floating around, but then you somehow your brain like organizes it and like turns it into something that's like hopefully coherent. Um, so there's something cool about that. And then recording is like basically taking what you made and creating the ideal version of it. So there's something really rewarding about that as well. I don't know. It's like, for me, it's like, that's my north. That's my true north in playing music is like, oh, like I get to write and feel like I have this superpower. And then I get to like record the ideal version of what I did. (laughs) (laughs) And whenever you record a track, do you you have a certain point where you know, okay, now I'm done. Now this track is is through. Or do you... You tend to work work on stuff over and over again until like it gets at ninety nine point nine percent perfection. So that one's a really fascinating thing to me as well. Like, when do you stop? A lot of people also struggle with that. I feel like I definitely do. I just always refer uh, remember uh, refer to it in terms of like uh, days where I used to I used to do oil painting and stuff, and I could sit there and just work on a, a painting and never stop because I'm always like zooming in on little details you know and I feel like it's really easy to get like that in the studio where you become hyper fixated on like no 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 I want the feedback to do this like really specific thing like but then at the end of the day you know when you take some space you walk away from it and you come back and listen you're you're probably not going to notice that little detail um so that's one thing that I've kind of like I'm trying to find that happy compromise where it's like I don't know. I think for me, a good stopping point is when the piece of work, whatever it is, art, visual art, music, it it accomplishes what you're trying to do. So it's like for me in writing music, I always want to tell a story and I always want to like um, kind of create a mood, right? Paint a mood. So like as long as the song's doing doing what I want it to do mood wise and and tone wise, like I think I'm happy with it. Um, That being said, when I say recording is like the ideal version of a song, there's sometimes things in the studio that you just cannot recreate that happens when you're playing live. Like there's something about that, like live energy. I feel like when you're tracking in a studio, sometimes it doesn't translate. So um, that being said there, there, yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like I'm always 90% satisfied that extra 10%. There's something that just, I can't explain I, maybe I'm just like stupid or like inept and I don't know how to achieve it in the studio, but I don't know. I'm okay with that though. It's kind of nice having something where you just, it's unattainable. Uh-huh. You want to try to get as close as you can. Yeah. 
And maybe maybe like performing those songs live add a little a few percent points with you know the chemistry with others, the interaction and stuff like that. Yeah. Um definitely. I feel like okay, I'm just gonna say it. I'm I'm a super sloppy person. Um and and, and like, you know, for me that means that I'm not like super ultra perfectionist about getting something the same way every single time. So like live for me, I'm okay if it like, you know, sometimes I, I like for instance, delay oscillation or whatever. Like if I do it, it's not going to be like the exact same every night. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, you know, I do some looping like in, in between um, songs just so I can change my tuning. So I'll like play a riff and then my drummer will groove to my loop. Sometimes I'll play it really sloppy, but like, it'll kind of be like played in a, a weird swung way. And it's like just little things like that. I can't control and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm fine with having it be different and having the energy be different every night. Very cool. Yeah. Well, and, uh, <laughs> we, we had the privilege or at least I had the privilege to see you opening up for Steve Vai and Polyphia oh my at the uh, NAMM show, NAMM Saturday. That was a great performance. Heads up for I that. had a <laughs> thanks. I, I'm trying to resist doing the typical thing where I'm like, no, actually we sucked and like so many things went wrong and like I don't know if you noticed, but like I was supposed to like press my distortion pedal on the third song, but like I definitely forgot to press the distortion and I like came in like a bar late. And I, I'm I'm trying to like avoid doing that. So I'm yeah. just gonna say thank you. <laughs> no, that really, because was... <laughs> it takes so much like you know, like balls to open up with with, with that bill, like with, with those people appearing on stage later, and uh, you know you've got all those professionals from the industry, and everyone is very like skeptical. Maybe some of them haven't even heard about you. And you yeah. open up, and the show was great, the tone was great, and it was it was the first time for me seeing you live, and it totally rocked. So I hope I hope you come to a different show because that one was definitely on my list of <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> We were nervous and so like Nam is just exhausting, like so tiring. And I was definitely at like my last, I just, my last bit of life. So I feel like <laughs> I wasn't totally in it. And I don't know. I, I hope you get to see us play again. Cause I, although that show was like, honestly, the bill was like mind blowing. I never thought that I would ever play that show. Um, it wasn't my favorite performance wise. So, but I, I once heard someone call it as like, um, if you have a bad show, you can get revenge at your next show. Like, <laughs> you know, you can like kick the other show's ass. And yeah, I don't know, that's always, that's always what I want to do. So hopefully I can get revenge on that show for you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you couldn't have done a, a bad job at all because that was a, such a great like surrounding with all the people from the industry and everyone was so positive and all the, the Japanese guys were there and everyone was smiling and it was just a positive atmosphere. So it was it just contributed to an overall great evening, basically. Yeah. yeah. We I I hope um I hope we get to do something like that again. There's something really beautiful about like, you know, um merging of like an older generation and a new generation. I thought like symbolically it was really meaningful. Yeah. Um and going back to what you said earlier Andy, you said about um, the, the guitar world being kind of like a weirdly competitive place. Like uh, one thing that I really care about a lot is kind of like eliminating that mindset. I think it's so such a bummer when people like use any sort of art form to compete and use it to like pit people against each other. Like you see it all the time in like 
uh, comment sections or even like articles sometimes where people compare two different guitarists and be like one person is totally better than this other person like it's like almost like I always jokingly say it's like people treat us like Pokemon or something where it's just like you know oh her arpeggio is her her like you know like a hybrid picking technique is no match for this other person like you know it's just like it's like absurd I'm like why can't we just accept that everyone's different and you know like everyone's going for their own unique thing so it's kind of dumb to oh, I don't want to say dumb it's just unfair to to pit two people against each other like that but um going back to the whole old generation meets the new generation I feel like guitar playing has evolved in like a really cool way and it's like it's not like we've abandoned the old world I feel like everything's like like a palimpsest like everything kind of builds off what's already there um and references the past like everything new is is, is referential to like something that was done like a long time ago uh and I think it's cool to see like a union of both worlds. And I think it's nice to celebrate that. Yeah. That, that evening was just prototypical for that because you had the old generation with Steve Vai being like the superhero for most of the people in that room. And then yeah. guys like Tim and Scott and, and you with your band opening up for like for the older, for the legacy artists. And uh, that was pretty cool. It was like passing the torch on from one generation to another. Yeah, I love that. Like, People keep on saying that maybe guitar is like dying or whatever, but I don't know. I think it's just being reinvented. Yeah. I think it's going through like a metamorphosis. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I miss that show. Which, which one? The show that you guys are talking about now. I missed it. I was working. Oh, it's okay. So. You, at least for us, you 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 didn't miss much. <laughs> 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 sorry i just think we could have done way better well, if, i'm just being realistic <laughs> if it's any consolation i was sat in an armchair working thinking about the show okay with three other people who were thinking about the show so mentally we were at the show but we just yeah. were at the show well and you had two kids <laughs> yeah maybe uh maybe next year it'll happen again it, it's also cool because i think steve was releasing his signature right the pia um yeah. Awesome that he debuted that. Those guys are such great. Um, they have such great showmanship. I was watching from side stage and I was just like, "Wow, this is that's insane." They look like they're have they look like they're just like casting spells or something. It just looks so cool, <laughs> shrouded in fog. Like yeah, yeah. yeah he's owning I, he's owning the stage. Yeah, yeah. I I, I there was that jam session at the end. I admittedly didn't partake in it because like I know. Like the kind of school of thought that I come from, I'm more of like a a composer. Like I write my music, so and I play in like six different tunings. For so for me, jamming doesn't always make sense because like I, there's no shapes, there's no logic to what I'm doing. It's literally just using my ear and finding things. Um, so I sat that one out, but it was really cool for me watching everyone trade off solos. I like that's something that I could like never imagine myself doing, but I don't know. I feel like I learned something that night just by watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I, I, that's that's probably the least part of the concert when when whenever someone gets to jam because it. I don't know how, how I should put it, but it's it's basically like, often it, it, they repeat themselves because they they tend to fall back into the patterns that they used to play mm -hmm. like three shows before, 
Yeah. Whereas when you're when you're in the zone and we're interpreting your own song, you sometimes like go over the edge on purpose and you just want to like reinvent a part or improvise a part and then go back to what you used to. Whereas yeah. like those kind of jam sessions often are like the safe ground and uh, yeah. So it's to me it so feels that, so unsafe. Like I for me when I when I jam I feel so vulnerable because I'm like wait you mean I don't get to like decide on the best iteration of this riff like I just have to like say exactly what comes to my mind like to me it's like I don't get time to think about what I'm saying it just comes out and that scares the shit out of me um okay. and something I can do it like when I'm alone but for some reason having like a crowd of people watch me do that feels like so exposed and vulnerable I think also what's the song that was played it was my guitar wants to kill your mom or was that one by uh exactly. what's his name Zappa, yeah. yeah. I think, isn't that, like, quite... Don't they choose that song, like, for a lot of the jam sessions? Like, isn't that a popular one to do? I'm, I'm not so sure. Probably, yeah. I'm not sure about that. But, um, yeah. But it was just, like, me coming up with, like, my, my personal preference. I, I usually, not, I'm not the jam guy, you know. It, oh, yeah. It, it gives me the least, it gives me the least pleasure to listen to the, the kind of jam sessions. Uh, um, I'm more I, I'm more into like seeing the artist's performance. If you compare like the jam part, it was cool to see all those all those heroes and, and yeah. get that flair and the mojo on stage. But like I I like the performance, the previous performance of of Steve with his band more because it was that kind of organic and holistic yeah. Steve Vai presence. And uh, yeah, well, I can go now. I can I feel safe. I can say that I the reason why I compose and I write music is because I absolutely like don't like jamming at all like yeah like I mean I, I think writing is kind of like refined jamming right because you jam with yourself and then you decide on like what you want for me like I don't know every time I've participated in a jam I got frustrated because it always sounds like half-baked ideas that you never get to like develop and make into something with like a lot of like this is like you see the potential but it just doesn't go any farther from that you know it's just a jam mm -hmm. so I'm with you in that and it's like for me jams are always like the least enjoyable part but as someone who's who is not my forte I'm like just admiring the bravery of everyone going up there and doing that I'm just like ah no like I have to prepare <laughs> yeah. it's a different language right it's like yeah. there's a language of composition and there's language of like improvising the moment Oh, and sometimes jams can go on like way too long. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I've definitely been in like a practice space of a bunch of dudes who just smoked like way too much weed, and they just jam for like thirty minutes. I'm like, can I leave? Like, please. Like, <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> if it gets too, if it gets too much into the chill zone or too much into the competitive zone, who plays faster? Uh, I'm off. Like in in between, it's okay. Yeah. But those kind of extremes, I, I don't I don't really connect with that. Oh yeah, that's another thing that happens is everyone's trying to flex. Everyone's trying to like show off their like biggest chops, yeah. um, all the time. I feel like in some gyms. So then it's like everyone just steps on each other, which can mm -hmm. be kind of uh, cacophonous, right? Like it's just not fun to listen to. But that night, I feel like I don't know. I was watching and. Uh, who is it? Uh, I'm really bad with names. Oh my gosh. Ah, Paul Gilbert did a really, really great job um, with uh, Paul, Paul Satriani, Steve, they did a great job of like kind of listening to each other and yeah. like trading off, you know, I think 
that's kind of cool. It's like a conversation. Also, they probably just have like so much experience playing with each other that it's like second nature. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a jam I really love though. Sorry to like bring this to another uh, (laughs) topic, but a jam I really love is, have you heard of um, Nils Fromm and Olafur Arnolds? No. No, sorry. Oh my God. Okay, so they come from Olaf Arnolds is is an Icelandic composer that I love so much. Um, Nils from I don't know where he's from, but he's also like kind of in that like movie soundtrack composer realm. And they do this project called Trans Friends, where they both basically just got together and did like kind of like a piano jam that they I think recorded to tape. And there's some it, um uh yeah, their project's called Trans Friends and. It's on YouTube. There's like a video of them. They just get together, have a night of jamming. They make dinner together. And it's just like one of the most comforting, cool things to witness because they do a really good job of like communicating in the moment where they're not like, it's not showy at all. It's like actually quite tender and quite like, um, I don't know, just like it feels vulnerable. It feels like really emotional. And they're just like trading off on piano and like their melodies kind of like interweave. It's beautiful. Like I'll send you guys that after after this. Oh yeah. I'm like I'm big into the piano world. Like guitar music for me, like I've never really been like a person who listens to a lot of guitar music other than like the darkness, you know? So um (laughs) for me for me it's like I've always got my inspiration from piano composers and like movie soundtrack artists because they do a really good job of like painting a mood and that's Mm. like what my passion is with music is like how can i tell a story and we're looking to hear many many more stories from you but ah yeah hopefully you know they're good stories (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm, i'm excited to to share the new record um definitely there's a lot of different textures and colors in there like there's ones that where i sing and it's like indie guitar um, there's like a post rock one where there's violin that I played. So, like cool. I don't know, something for everyone. <laughs> yeah. When 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 is the record coming out? Uh, June fifth. Wow. Okay, June fifth. Yeah. One day after Independence Day. No, that's July. June fifth. What's your Children's uh, Day is June first. Children's Day. Yeah. That's I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, What's Children's? Well, it's a day dedicated to children. You've got Mother's Day. You've got Father's Day, and. Uh, on June 1st, uh, we celebrate Children's Day. It's the day where parents don't get to have any authority and children <laughs> overtake the suites and do it. It's just the streets and do whatever they want. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to be too political, <laughs> but uh, I get the feeling that happens. <laughs> I feel you on that, man. I feel every day in America is not Children's Day. <laughs> 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 I have um I have a question okay. for you that, that I know we're we're gonna try and have to wrap this up. This is the longest and most enjoyable podcast really of so oh far. I'm glad I, I'm sorry I feel like we just talk about so much random shit it's great <laughs> well at a time like this that's what yeah. we need and whoever's listening to this I'm sure they're appreciating it uh, my question is not a, a groundbreaking question I'm just interested in. You said that you play piano, you play guitar, and you play violin. Is there any instrument you've tried and haven't like mastered or got on with, or is there some instrument that you would love to be able to play that in the future you're thinking, yeah, when I've got time, I'm going to try the Mongolian nose flute or or whatever? So um, one day when I inevitably age into a pretentious 
hermit that lives in a cabin, like <laughs> isolated yeah. from the rest of the world. It's going to happen. I'm going to totally. just collect a bunch of instruments. Like I want, I just, there's something really cool about just having an arsenal of tones um, and timbres to work with. Like it's the same enjoyment I get from having a pedal collection. You just like get to have a lot of colors to play with. And, and when I record a record, I do all the layering too. So it's like you record the song, right? And then you get to like enhance it with like pads um, with, with like a second rhythm guitar part or like, you know, um, ambient swells if you're going for that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just like collecting instruments. And I, for that reason, I have acquired a Celtic harp and a banjo. And those are two instruments that I have lying behind me. I feel like such a poser having them because people come over, they're like, you play harp? I'm like, I mean, define play. Like, I can make it make noise. I can plunk some noise out. Now. Um, so those are two instruments that I kind of wish I had more time to master. I just spend so much time playing piano and, and guitar that I don't really have time to sit down and master banjo. There's something about having that high note come first. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like you have like, the, the, just that, just fucks me up i'm like i don't understand this instrument it's so weird like i have to just resist all everything that i've learned <laughs> about guitar but i do love i do love the um the timbre of it and for that reason i wish i actually bought like you know they have the guitars the banjos that are tuned like guitars um so i wish i got that uh a cello i love cello it's like the best, oh, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Your face when you said that cracks me up. <laughs> you, you look like you, <laughs> Sorry. you just ate like the, the most delicious thing in the world and you're just like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it took me back to a moment. I was in a studio in December <laughs> and I, I'd written a song and I recorded my parts. Uh, and then a, a friend of mine came in and she played cello. And it, I just broke down it's, in tears. It was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. And this deep, and again, back to the, the wood, you know, you could yes. hear this life coming through this instrument and, and every movement of her bow was just, it was just, my heart was going like all over the place. Like, what, what am I feeling right now? And I was sat like a meter from her when she was doing it. It was, it was one of the best things I've ever had, ever had happen to me. Um, there's something so lovely about that register i feel like it's mm. people find it appealing because i think it's the most similar to like the register of like the human voice that's at least what i've read i don't know how substantiated that is but um gosh it's like so nice and warm and throaty like i just love that um that tone and i wish i could play cello i wish i, I had one so i could practice but you know alas i, I took up violin instead which i love as well like um I want to get an electric violin, actually. That's on my list of things to purchase because I feel like with a lot of these pedals, like, I could do some really cool stuff with, like, violin. Like, having it be fretless, you yeah. know, you can do, like, microtonal stuff. I don't know. I'm just imagining that it would sound great. So I've been sitting here in quarantine with my, like, cursor hovered above the purchase button on Reverb for this, like, <laughs> Yamaha electric violin, but... I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. You're going to buy the fuzz probe. I'm going to buy an electric violin. What are you going to buy, Daniel? Probably also a fuzz pedal. I'm not so sure. <laughs> Actually, I was, I was just thinking when you when you mentioned microtones, I was just thinking there was uh, like 10 years ago, there was a, a quarter tone saber guitar from Ibanez that was made for an, uh, 
artists in Iran or I don't know. Wow. Some countries that work with, with autotones. That was pretty cool because like the scale, the whole scale was so small, it wasn't fretless. So that you had actually frets, but they were like quarter tones. That's amazing. Yeah. Like there's something so cool about playing a fretless instrument. I feel like that's what kind of gave me my ear and my sensitivity to like pitch. Because having to learn violin, it's just like, oh man, starting out is not pretty. It sounds like <laughs> shit for the longest time. But it makes you really sensitive to like, even doing bends on guitar and stuff. Like I feel like a lot of the sensitivity that just comes from having to play violin. I don't know. I've never played a fretless guitar or anything. I, I imagine that would be a trip. <laughs> I was I, just I about have, to ask. It's, it's you, nice you did? Yeah. yeah it's, which, it's, which one? VGA? I was with Rob. Uh, Rob Chapman. There's a French company. It's called VGA, and they oh, have VGA. those aluminum fretboards. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a VGA. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was uh, in Birmingham. There you go. Um, yeah, insane. I, I did I did invest two years of my life in violin, and and didn't gain much from it apart from bending and pitching. You know, technically I was terrible, but the ear development on a fretless instrument is is huge. Muscle memory. That's like yeah. everything on on a fretless instrument. Like. For me, a lot of the reason why I can play a lot of these like huge jumps without looking and stuff, I totally attribute to just like in violin, just knowing that this is where the octave is, this is where the fifth is, this is where it's like you just know, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. But <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I want to acquire a cello. I want to acquire um, like a lot of Middle Eastern instruments. Kind of like fascinate me, like the tar. Um, it's uh that that one I got to play one at a friend's house and it was just I really like the timbre of that one as well. Um, I want to play arhu. It's like a Chinese instrument. It sounds like you can make it sound like a horse. It's pretty. It's pretty sick. I'm I in. just like I'm a lot of folk instruments. I think when they're really like cool. Horse, it, how how does it like? Is it like or is it? Yeah, like you can people play it like like it just sounds like I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, it's just a really really cool sound um yeah and hopefully in the future you know in my weird hermit instrument cave i can just like i don't have to tour anymore i can just record music and i can just you know use all these instruments i have to create cool textures over what i'm writing (laughs) there's not enough hours in the day i wish i could be uh i wish i could i'm not even i i don't think i've mastered anything in my stupid short life <laughs> but you know i think I'll, i i never will people say like the possibilities of guitar have been like exhausted i don't know if i i don't know if i buy that i think you can always try to find something new to do with it yeah just buy another pedal yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um All right. Dan, Dan, anything more from you just a big thank you because that was really great. I think we've never, we've ne- actually it was the first like really live podcast with with a guest from the very beginning, and it was so much fun. And I think we've went from the glam rock band to fuzz pedals to fuzz fantasies and uh, fuzz fantasy be, being Big responsible artist. Fuzz fantasy. <laughs> Don't do Can that be? Can that be the title of this podcast? Is uh, Soviet Big Muff. Fuzz fantasy. It's probably a little bit too long, but we can do the fuzz fantasy. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, this has 
been a super blast. Like, I forgot we were doing a podcast. I thought we were just hanging out talking. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where I realized there was a mic in front of me for a reason rather than just chatting to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Andy told us, a, Andy did a lot today. He sang us a song and then he told us his dark secret of, of his Vine Spider-Man days. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like I need to tell a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, how about we get you on again in a couple of months' time when things have returned to normal and your album is out and you can tell us all the wonderful things that happened after the album's been released and you can spend all this time thinking about a super juicy secret. Yeah. Oh, I probably have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, that's baity. I like that. I'll definitely, I'll definitely be thinking about that. I'd love to come back again. This has been really fun. I'm sorry it wasn't the most like gear or I feel like we got there a little bit. Like we talked a little bit about a little bit about guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I speak for everyone listening when saying you have nothing to apologize for. Okay. That was a delight, well, genuinely. <laughs> it was a blast. All right, guys, and thanks so much for listening and uh, check out Yvette's album coming out June 5th. Mm-hmm. Four, day, four days after Children's Day. Four yeah. days after Children's Day. Maybe buy it for your children, like pre-order it. <laughs> well, my or birthday's maybe, on the 10th. You can buy it for my birthday. Force your oh, children right. to buy it. <laughs> you know, yes. my birthday is June 14th, so we can we can just purchase it for each other. Okay, I'll, Wait, I'll, I'll... When's, uh, when's your birthday? Because I'm June 28th. I'm the tenth. June fourteenth, and he's ten. So we're all June June people. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, that's yeah. it. Best month <laughs> ever. But yeah, are you are you Gemini? I am a Cancer. No, you're Cancer. Uh, are you guys? Uh, is uh, are you guys Gemini's? I don't know the exact date. Nice. Yeah. It's a so so according to astrology, right? Um, we're supposed to hate each other. <laughs> well, here comes here comes a vet's dark secret. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, um, all my best friends are, are all my best friends are Gemini's. So it's it, I don't know if I believe I don't know if I buy it, or maybe I'm just a masochist and I just want to have be friends with people that I hate. That, that, now we're there. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> all right guys well then let's call it a day thanks so much everyone for listening and uh see you soon in the next episode of the guitar stories podcast bye bye andy and bye bye yvette see you very soon bye everybody